the Twitter thing doesn't work. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, February 20th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 280. This is No Agenda. Doing my part to out-hustle the rest of the slaves here from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And from uh, Gitmo Nation, Castanet soon to be renamed... I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. I love your energy. <laughs> Best I can do so because I've been running around all day. I got pickpocketed and lost my passport. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Are you going to yeah. be able to get back? Not tomorrow. Seriously. I have to stay here no. because our State Department. Yeah. This is good. I got, I'm getting lots of Wait a of minute, material. wait a minute, wait a minute. Ho, ho, this ho, is ho. thanks to you because we have to do the show on time every okay, day. Okay, hold so on I a sacrifice. second. I take this day off. I'm, now I'm here stuck. Hold on a second. Back it up for a moment. You got pickpocketed? What, what was the whore's name? It was an old woman from what I could, as I recall. Right. It's pretty funny. <laughs> well, how did it happen? Uh, give me it this. It was in the subway. Oh, my God. I didn't realize it. Totally just, it was, it was uh, you know, it was, it was slick. But just beside the point. What no, the no, no, point it's, is, no. We'll get to that in a second. It's human resources need to know. I've been pickpocketed. Well, I got pickpocketed in Reno once. I got picked. Which right, I but what was, was the, still, what was the distraction? Not this old old hag. Yes, this old woman. She was trying to get off, and then she decided to get back on. And she bumps into me. That's the only time I got bumped because there's always a bump involved. Of course it is, yeah. And but it was just she was just an annoying old lady, <laughs> annoying old lady. And you just get it makes you go through your brain. You go, oh, it's an annoying old lady. You never think it's a pickpocket working. So you. she bumped you, and that was it. You had it in your inside po- pocket, inside your sports coat. It was coat? on the front. It was, no, it was in a front pocket. I think she had an accomplished. I'm not sure because I can't imagine how she could have possibly done it. John, it's but so it was, it, I, it's crazy because I imagine you to be a fanny pack kind of guy. Yeah. No, I imagine you to be one of those guys who has like a leather uh, necklace with his passport in a, in a document carrier around your neck. Yeah, you really think that? <laughs> yes, I have those visualizations. You really? You think I carry a, 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 a fanny pack? Well, you, you know what? You, you'd you'd have your passport now, wouldn't you? Normally, I wouldn't be carrying my passport around, but they want you to carry it around a lot. So anyway... Uh, no, normally, I actually, I would keep it in a zippered pocket, and for some reason, it wasn't in there. It was, it was in my front pocket, which is usually pretty safe, but anyway, so I got picked by it. So I ended up losing a passport, and a, uh, uh, I got a, I had two credit cards, which we just canceled and fixed. I'll probably get an American Express replaced probably tomorrow, because American Express works on Mondays in a country that has no holiday this coming Monday. Uh-huh. As opposed to our State Department, which seems to close its embassy around the world <laughs> for President's Day, <laughs> they got to take advantage of the car sales for President's Day. And then the the kicker, actually, I got a lot of good stories. The uh, first of all, so I have to change my flight. So Delta Airlines, if you try calling them on any number anywhere in the world, they and my favorite one is you call their eight hundred number using the uh, using. Uh, uh, international calling on a on a regular phone and it calls and it gets you and they get this message at the beginning saying this one eight hundred number is not valid in the country you're calling from you will be charged at international rates if you do not want this hang up right 
So then the Delta thing comes on, and so I don't hang up. It comes on and says, oh, we've, just because of the bad weather, we've had to staff a lot more people, and so we're, we're, we're behind. And please this please and that. shut up, slave, and wait for someone to take your call, essentially. No. Oh. Click. <laughs> Hot pockets. So I tried it again, same thing. Uh-huh. They just hang up on you. <laughs> so, so, I, so I can't. Ask them about you know this, this thing that's on the website about possibly getting out tomorrow, because of, there's a, some process you can do it without a passport. All over. Yeah. Local. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, that's Hi. They said it. they said I could come into the country without a passport. Yeah. Step well, aside, let son. Me just, let me send you this link to this page, and let's just go over this. In fact, there's a couple interesting things here. Uh, well, let me get. Am I this interested? Yeah, I'd like to. I, I, I like the human interest side of the story more. Let's get back to no, the old no. hag. This is part of it. <laughs> the old lady. I mean, I never. What can I say? Just usually, the old lady. usually it's a hooker who comes up to you and goes, "Oh, no, I love you," and she hugs you, and that's when it happens. I, w- I wouldn't know that. By the way, this uh, is the story of the old lady. Everybody, it's the story. It was a, it was a hooker to be a better story. I would have <laughs> used it. Okay. Uh, Okay, hold on a second. Okay, I just want you to read something. I know this may be tedious. Yeah, somewhat, but okay, I feel your pain. Uh, I, but I don't have clips. Yeah, I got clips. I, have, I, I did I know, overtime By the way, you. there are some really interesting... Uh, I've been, I have been following stuff, so it's kind of interesting internationally. Hold on. I think this is it. Okay, there, once we get past this, we can, I can harp on this later. Okay. But go to that website page. Mm-hmm. Hold on. <laughs> Ah, yes. Lost and stolen U.S. passports abroad. Uh-huh. What should you do if you're a citizen and your passport is lost or stolen? Contact your embassy okay. or consulate. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Go down, 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 almost to the bottom where it says, uh, of course, are fees going to be charged? Oh, yes. Of course. Can the U.S., the last question. Ready? Yes. Can the U.S. embassy issue a replacement passport over a weekend or a holiday? Now go to uh, paragraph two and start reading. If you are scheduled to travel directly to the United States, the duty officer may be able to assist in issuing a transportation letter to the airline and alerting U.S. Customs and Immigration to the fact that you will be attempting to attempting keyword to enter the United yeah. States without a passport. Yeah. Now duty officers must focus primary primary attention on life no, or no, death that's emergencies. The, that's the that, that, that's, you're just reading too much. No, that's the kicker. That, it's, if you don't have a life or death emergency, they're not going to care. No, that's not the answer they give you. Yes, they it say is. That, that, it is the answer. No, that's they give not you. the. What do you mean that it is? I've talked to them. How do you know? I've asked them about this about this letter of transport, and they tell me it's bullshit. The <laughs> yeah, that we wrote that in two in nineteen ninety. No, no, they say that they don't even know it exists. They say this woman that's that's the duty officer here in Madrid. And by the way, I called Washington D.C. too, and they said, "Oh well, we'll let's, let's look into it." And they transfer me to somebody else, the foreign duty officer. Says, "Oh, okay, well, let's look into it." And then he says, "I'm transferring you to the Madrid duty officer," and hangs up on me. Click. <laughs> it's like it's the same woman again, and she says, "Oh, you again." So no, I talked to her. Yeah. And she's there with her husband, apparently, who also works at the embassy. And uh, I don't know what they're doing. And yeah, they got uh, a little, said, got a little uh, cottage industry going on there. You watch. This is going to cost said, you $800. I guarantee yeah, you. Yeah, great. I, this is another good reason not to do the show every week on time. Anyway, the um, 
So she says that she's never heard of this policy. I said, it's right on the website. You can read it. She says, it must be an old website. Yeah, I told you, $18 million website. <laughs> said, it's not an old website. It's brand new. In fact, the old website's still around. It tells you to go to this new website. It's a new, one of the new $8 million websites. And so uh, she's, no, no, this must be before 9-11. I never heard of this. We've, and then she said, she said, I'm talking to my husband. He's never heard of such a thing. So what's going on? This is our government at work getting paid all this money, living it up in Madrid, doing dinner parties. And I'm like, you know, reading from their own website. and They're telling me it's bullshit. There you go. So there uh, you go. There's gambling going on there. Huh? <laughs> really? Our government's messed up. Well, good night, everybody. We had a fantastic show once again. Unbelievable. Well, I'm really sorry for you. I guess the upgrade is out of the question now as well. You're, what upgrade? You, well, you're not going to be using. They're not going to accept your miles if you miss your original no, no, flight. I'm on the same ticket. I'm on the same ticket. I get the same yeah. upgrade. Yeah, right. Yeah, you'll see. You'll see. All right. So when are you, were, when are you coming back, honey? So, are you, are you, when, are you, when do we have to? Well, it depends. You? I supposed to, I'm supposed to be coming back tomorrow. I mean, originally, and then it will be Tuesday now. Uh, alert the office, Grummet. You're listening. Uh, so it'll be Tuesday. That's assuming I get in and out of the out of the consulate before like ten o'clock, so I can jump on a cab to get to the airport for my eleven thirty flight. Mm. Uh, I'm assuming I'm not going to have to wait days on end. <laughs> Although it's possible I won't get back till Wednesday. Ah, uh, yes. Oh well. I'm so sorry about that, man. That sucks. I, I know how it totally feels. sucks. What's really interesting is the fact that the you know they were that the service is so poor. I mean, is American Express going to get me a new card? You know, what like the, you, know what, you know what's next? We're going to have video of you walking around looking really dazed with your shoes off, and then you'll be found in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, it's just the beginning. First, the first, first we remove. If you see that, it's something, something bad has happened. It's bull crap, whatever you read. Something has happened. First, he lost his identity. He, couldn't, he, he thought he was like some like, writer from San Francisco. Oh, come here, sir. We have, you're clearly disturbed. <laughs> Don't wear a cravat, whatever you do. That's not a good idea right now, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll take up. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. All right, well, uh, in the What's morning, then. Story? You got anything to top that? Uh, no, I, th- I, th- I think that's toppers. A pretty boring life here con- compared to your life of international intrigue. Uh, but uh, I will say, in the morning, to uh, all citizens stranded abroad, all ships at sea, boots on the grounds, wings in the skies, foots in the oceans, checks in the mails, bakers in the kitchens, dungs in the pits, astronauts manning the moon and Mars base stations, anybody out there napping for humanity, hams on the air, and human resources everywhere around Gitmo Nation, particularly those in the That's chat room. Show, ladies and gentlemen, see you again next week. Right. Uh, we, uh, we appreciate everyone uh, being in the chat room at noagendastream.com, all charged up and ready to go. Uh, so, uh, wow. Yeah, I don't think I can top that, really. There's, there has been a lot of really uh, interesting stuff going on stateside while you've been over there. Um, what would be kind of interesting to know, and maybe you've, I'm sure you've paid attention to it, is there any type of coverage of uh, the uh, global revolts? I'm sorry. <clears throat> I mean, of course, global revolts. Uh, there's nothing but coverage of these revolts. In fact, there's so much, it's revolting. Uh, it's like that's all they're covering. And the funny thing is, I got it uh, from uh, one of the contacts we have over here, Garcia, who's one of the No Agenda listeners who I was uh, taking around with uh, in a 
oh, cool. mobile. Yeah, can, can, I, can I just say, I was talking with Mickey yesterday. Uh, we were out outside before the hell of rain erupted. And I uh, said, so, you know, it's a really nice feeling to know that no, no matter where I am in Gitmo Nation, I know one tweet will get me whatever I need. And by the way, you should take advantage of that. Now, if you need something, then it's just one tweet and you got it, right? I mean, we, we've got producers yeah, everywhere. It's absolutely the case. So, except I can't get a passport with one tweet. <laughs> no. And, oh, here's, a, here's another. Wait, wait, wait. So, Delta, who won't answer the phone, and then I can't get the Madrid phone to work. They have a, uh, a number you call and it says, oh, this is Delta Airlines, and <laughs> you speak English or Spanish, and you push English. It says, Delta, we, this is the wrong number now. Give this, here's the new number. <laughs> and the other number just hangs up on you. <laughs> it, and it, but it tells you to go to the website before uh, it hangs up, and, uh, and, or you can go to Twitter and use Delta Assist. Ooh, right. I'm sure that works well. So, well let's see. And we're th- four hours and counting. <laughs> I sent a note to Delta. Says nothing. Yeah. Zip. Uh, I mean, right. these other Twitter uh, people that get on Twitter, like uh, the Comcast people, they're back to you in less than fifteen minutes, almost always. Yeah. And uh, but your service isn't restored within fifteen minutes. So what's the difference? <laughs> no, but at least you know. At least you feel good about the fact that they're paying attention. Yeah, I mean, true. these Delta guys—they're just out to lunch. Even though I do have to say the elite business class is a lot better than it used to be. So although I'm still, you know, this is typical. It doesn't surprise me, let's put it that way, that I can't either get a hold of them to change my flight or um, I can't, the Twitter thing doesn't work. So they're, they're phony Twitterers. I mean, if you're going to, this is like people say, here's your here, here's my email address, and they never use email. This right. is, I think this still goes on. All right, so yeah. you're clearly annoyed. Oh, yeah, which yeah. is good for the show. Yeah, yeah. So here in uh, so, in Hollywood, um, there's two. There's only two things on the news. Uh, of course, one is uh, the uh, global uprising, riots everywhere, uh, including uh, Madison, Wisconsin, which is quite interesting. You've been able to follow that at the college at the university. Well, it's not at the university. It's at the uh, at the Senate. Like everyone has stopped working. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, uh, well, so, um, I think it was pretty well known when they brought in the, you know, the Republicans were voted in and they said, well, you know, no more collective bargaining for state employees, which of course includes, uh, oh, right. They've been trying to get, yeah, right, yeah right, teachers right. and everything. And so all the teachers said, oh yeah, well then we're not going to work anymore. So yeah, have- this is the actual problem with having a, a state, uh, workers in unions. Right. So they're trying to bust up the unions, which I, I find, you know, it, the whole thing is just really interesting to watch, uh, uh, probably more so because if you watch television, you don't actually see the mass of people that are there. And it, it's really, it's quite big. I mean, it's, it's like Tahir Square. It's pretty big. Um, but on television, you just see like some people with some signs and stuff hanging around. I don't think it's really being portrayed properly. But the other important thing is uh, Oscars, uh, John. That's uh, who, give, who gives oh. a crap about anything else. And uh, yeah. producer Robert Searles Sur- uh, caught something. He says, uh, hey, I think Obama's stuttering is actually promotion for the king's speech. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good. You know, get some sim- sympathy. Well, I yeah, like it. Get some sympathy for the stuttering going there. And, uh, you know, because, so, of course, it's, it's either that or the social network. So, uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, that works I for me. I admire that. Maybe it's code. 
It could be code. Who knows? He's certainly been doing more of it, more more uh, stuttering than usual. More, more of this <clears throat> stuttering. In fact, just, uh, just, just in, stammering. Before we get into, and he repeats his words. Repeats his words a lot. Oh now. Yeah. he's saying the same thing again yeah, and again. That's exactly like the King's speech. I, you haven't seen it yet, I don't think, but it's exactly no, I like it. So I am. Um, of course, uh, as I do every single uh, weekend, I go to our WhiteHouse.gov, uh, $18 million website, um, and I uh, watch two things. I watch uh, the West Wing Week, that is the reality show that uh, they put together there at the White House on Final Cut Pro. Nice little job. And, of course, I watch our uh, President's El Presidente's uh, address. Um, this week, he's on location, John. He's on location. He actually, he sounds like he could be working for, he, he's like a news guy on location. And uh, Who's on location? The president. He's on location. Oh. Yeah, he's doing uh, his- well, Isn't he the location? <laughs> well, he's on location, and let's hear where he is and what he's doing. I'm speaking to you from just outside Portland, Oregon, where I'm visiting Intel, a company that helped pioneer the digital age. I just came from a tour of an assembly line where highly skilled technicians are building microprocessors that run everything from desktop computers to smartphones. Now, why is he uh, at this Intel facility, John? Now, of course, uh, you remember he, you remember he was... Phone? I don't well, know. Well, the last time uh, he was on location was at General Electric, and what was he there for, really? He was there to uh, to nominate... Oh, oh, yeah, to pull somebody out of the company to work for him. Yeah, Jeff, you mean Jeffrey Immelt? You mean like the big guy, yeah. the big Kahuna? Guy. Yeah. So now he's at well, Intel. He, would, he wouldn't try to do the same thing again with another CEO. Well, uh, Obama has named Intel's Otellini to his advisory panel on the economy. Yeah, there you go. So now, now we have two shadows in the puppet theater. We have Immelt and Otellini who are going to control everything, and uh, and this is total collusion of big business and government, and it's. Uh, uh, as far as it's, I'm concerned, it's deplorable, actually. yeah, it's the uh, definition of fascism, is what it is. Yeah, yes, yeah, good collusion but between then, the government and these companies. But then the uh, the El Presidente uh, in West Wing Week, of course, I love this show. Uh, they could totally get this on Bravo. I don't understand why they don't. Uh, he, um, of course, has to talk about uh, our winning the future strategy. So, what does the president do? Uh, he goes to talk to a bunch of eighth graders. <laughs> to explain this, they're like, and first he's a well. You'll you'll hear he endears them a little bit, and then he uh, is in like a classroom, and it's really pathetic looking because you know the, you, when you see these speeches, you only see the president. Uh, he's got two dudes with him. I forget who's with him, uh, and you see the flags behind him, and you see the chalkboard. Uh, but uh, on the West Wing week, you kind of get the behind the scenes footage, and it's like an empty. You know, they they moved all the kids out. Just shut up, slave. Move your desk out. And it's just a classroom. It's it's kind of pathetic. It's not very sta- you know. It doesn't have a lot of the stature that you see uh, from the speech when it's televised. But he says something really really interesting, and I want I want you to hear this. So first, a uh, little setup there in the classroom, and then listen to uh, how we're going to win the future and his message to the childrens of Gitmo Nation. Pines Day, President Obama traveled to Maryland, where he unveiled his budget at Parkville Middle School and Center of Technology where students focus on science, technology, engineering, and math to show how investments in education are essential to ensuring every American is equipped to outcompete workers around the world. So, uh, oh, wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. Who is this announcer? This guy's, he's, this style of speaking is like, 
What is that? Well, <laughs> I, I don't actually. They don't have a credit on who does the uh, the voiceover, but it's the same guy every week. Oh. I, I, he's grown on me. It's all right. You know, I'm used to it. I'm a fan of the show. It's a good show. The West Wing Week. Yeah. West Wing Week featuring Barack Obama. Well, excuse me. I didn't mean to insult you. <laughs> the president was then joined by Secretary of Education Arnie Duncan and OMB Director Jack Lew. Now, listen carefully to how we are going to outwit all of these. How, we're going, how are we going to outwit China? John, what do you think the answer is? Do, do you have a strategy for this? I don't. These investments are an essential part of the budget my administration is sending to Congress because I'm convinced that if we outbuild and out-innovate and out-educate as well as out-hustle the rest of the world. <laughs> Kids, we got to out-hustle them. That's the, that's the way to do it. What is that? The guy, the, what, what is? We've gotta that's out, unbelievable. We've got to out-hustle them. Isn't what is the definition of hustle? Isn't that like scam? Yeah, like where I lost my uh, passport. <laughs> you got hustle. We got to pickpocket those people. Just listen to that again. It just blows me away. Now, these investments are an essential part of the budget my administration is sending to Congress because I'm convinced that if we outbuild and out innovate and out educate, outbuild, out innovate, out educate. Ah, uh, come on, you can do another one. As well as out hustle the rest of the world, <laughs> the jobs and industries of our time will take root. Here <laughs> Come on, kids, let's hustle. Who's got some dice? <laughs> we got to out hustle them. Uh, so I was like, oh, I love that show. There you go. So I out went hustle. to there's a, there's a giant flea market talking about out hustling. So there's a couple of things going on over here that are interesting. It's not getting covered much. And by the way, there's nothing, lots of coverage of these riots, mainly focusing on Baran and, uh, um, what's the other one? Jordan, Syria? No, no, Libya. Libya. So Libya, all hell's breaking loose, but the Libyans are, are basically shooting everybody. Yeah, like 100 so that, people they killed. At least. And so that's going to make things worse. And so that's probably going to fall. And then uh, Bahrain, which is a fairly modern country. Well, Bahrain is, it, is it's like uh, it's Berkeley. It's really small. It's not, you know, and I don't know if it's going to fall. You know what? It might fall after the Formula One race. They, 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 no one's going to stand for that. They need the, the Formula One. The thing is about the Bahrainian thing is that when you see the protesters, they're all these, like, extreme Muslims that are, you know, covered in black. I mean, in the Middle East, they put women in these, it's not burqas, it's called something else, but it's a completely black outfit. And in many cases, their eyes are covered, and they're, they're just like a big black ghost. And, uh, and and this is interesting because the temperature there, you know, gets to like 140. Yeah. And so the people must just be roasting in these things. And these are the people protesting. I'm looking and saying, oh, this, is, this place is going to go uh, fundamentalist. There's no question about it. It's going to be interesting to see that happen. But the Libyan thing is going to fall apart. And, of course, then there's some rioting going on in Yemen. So I'm talking to Garcia here in Spain, and he says that uh, – and, and we actually were roaming around uh, parts of downtown, and there was a big protest that uh, was going on. Of, I don't know, it was probably about three, 400 people with signage. And, and, it, and I no, started noticing this on other protests, too, and I had never seen it in the States, which is everybody in the protest group has got a whistle. You'd love this, by the way, because I know how much you enjoy uh, me whistling stuff. Yeah. Uh, they, have these, they all have these police whistles, and they're all blowing them constantly, and it is really annoying 
<laughs> yeah, that's kind of the point of a protest. You're supposed to I be mean, annoying. But this is like beyond normal annoyance. I mean, it is just annoying. It's just this. Well, that's, sounds, a, that's I, a good but, plan. That's a, I like that. We should all be from whistling. When I first heard it, which was coming, I you was know, like walking around, not too close to it. I, I said, well, what's this? It sounds like, remember the I, I referenced this to different people. And Night of the Triffids? No, sorry. Yeah, nobody gets this joke. Well, in the movie Night I did Triffids, there's this weird sound, which is it's almost the exact same sound that these people are making with these whistles. So I'm watching some of the protests on TV and some other areas, and they, they, you see the whistles in their mouths. So this is like a big thing that hasn't been picked up on in the U.S. yet. But I think there's, a, there's money to be made for you people out there looking for a good investment in a police whistle company. Because I think this could catch on. Because I don't think slide whistles are going to work. Because you can just put the whistle in your mouth. You don't have to hold it or anything. Right. And they just these whistles. Anyway, they were bitching about uh, this group in front of City Hall or the Congress or something. I don't know. They were complaining about... Uh, they, it, it seems as though they were screwed on the housing thing, too. And these are a bunch of housing protesters. But so well, Garcia yeah, you're in says, Spain, dude. This is the next country to go. Portugal is already... Uh, they're already preparing the bailout for Portugal. Spain is on the way. Oh, yeah, no, Spain is going to go. And, and in fact, you can see it everywhere. And let, I'll give you a couple uh, local stories. First of all, Garcia says that a big, giant, you know, Middle Eastern-type protest is scheduled for all of Spain on the 30th. Huh. So that'll be hashtag 30. Or something. Something's going to happen on the 30th. It'll be interesting to see if it's covered in the States. He says that the unemployment rate amongst the kids in a lot of these countries, Spain mainly. Oh, 25%. I guarantee it. 40. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the big disillusion. This is what's happening in Gitmo Nation East as well, is that all these kids went to school, right? And they study, and then they come out of school. It's like, okay, go work in the chip shop. They're like, well, hold on a second. And then you know, and now it's like the, of course the, you know they're trying to raise these uh, uh, tuition fees, so it's just become a nation of slaves for the kids. They're, they're totally disillusioned, and this is well, that's why they all have to learn how to hustle here. You know, at least our president is sp- speaking tr- truth to power. Just learn how to hustle, kids. <laughs> hustle, you hustle. Kids. Yeah, don't 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 get an education. You got to hustle, people. That's how it works. So apparently, the Chinese have moved into most of Europe already and basically taken over all the markets, like they did in in, uh, in Africa. And there's like, and so he's complaining that no, the Spanish don't make. They got one car company. They don't make anything anymore. So I go to this. There's this giant flea market that runs on Sunday. Huge. This thing is monstrous, and it's like kind of like the French. Yeah, everyone's selling their stuff to pay the rent. They're not well. There is that. There's a lot of people selling their stuff to pay, pay the rent. That's true. But all. But there's a lot of these other products. You know, there's just stuff for sale of all sorts: clothing, bags, all these other things. And I guess there's some EU law. You really can't sell anything unless it's the, the country of origin is listed. So all these handmade goods from Spain are. Guess where they're made? China. Yeah. Uh. There was more Chinese goods in this place than I've ever seen in one location. I mean, it was worse than anything I've seen in the, in the USA. Everything was made. Just a little Everything was made China. And uh, it was cheap, though. I mean, the deals. There were deals. <laughs> yeah, of course there's deals. The Chinese are giving it away. All right, let's thank some so people, we, John. There's a lot of good coverage of the G20. We'll talk about that. Yeah, let's thank some people before we get too far too far gone here. Uh, Do we have an exec? Yeah, we got a couple. We got, uh, we got two, uh, we'll call them, we got two executive producers uh, that are on the two eight. 
Club. Oh, nice. To show to it. I want to thank people who, who do this, by the way. Uh, it's $280 donation. The next club will be the 281 Club. And um, I have to move this. You have to give me a break here. Um, Carl Heidel in Madison, Mississippi. Uh-huh. And Andrew Blackburn in Mount Zion, Illinois. And actually, uh, Carl added 89 cents. He's got some rationale. Uh, I've got another gimmick for donations, at least for Gitmo non-US. What's that? This? Hold on a second. I don't understand what this... My little thing at the bottom has popped up, and it won't go back, which is making it impossible for me to scroll. That's weird. <laughs> Maybe I can help. (laughs) I know I figured out. Uh, Yeah, February 30th. Eric was paging me and it caused a thing to pop up. Um, I've got another gimmick for Gitmo Nation US. I'm using my state county FIPS for the donation amount. FIPS? What is that? What's the state county FIPS? I don't know. Fiscal identity something or FIPS? No idea. FIPS? FIPS? I have no idea. Is it FIPS? Yes, FIPS. FIPS. What else would it be? Okay. I don't know. I'm asking. Why don't you all get up to the show 560? Someone from Wyoming can send you 560XX amount. I have both challenge coins and appreciate y'all's efforts to get the coins. I hope to be a night one day since I'm a proud 12th generation uh, German American. Uh, um, federal information processing standards. That's what Eric says. Right. He would know. I, I think Eric is a Fed, actually. He might be. <laughs> we, we're not, uh, the jury's still out on that. Would no. Okay. Anyway, so those are two executive producers. We got uh, one, two, one, two associate executive producers. Uh, our pal Schnorra Stein. Oh, Schnorra Stein, right? Schnorra Stein in Norway. Uh, uh, he's in, he's practically at the North Pole, actually. Yeah, he's our North Pole guy. We got Santa Claus, basically. Hi, John and Adam. My first, uh, my birthday is on the twenty-first February, two one oh two. So here's a donation of two hundred ten dollars and two cents, uh, which hopefully will also get me a knighthood. I think we're on the knighthood yep, for yep. him. He's on the knighthood list today. Yep. So, do that later. And David Burneff, who's in Raleigh, North Carolina, two hundred one dollars and ninety-nine cents. hasn't haven't donated in a while, and I wanted to show my support for all the great work you guys do. Also, I'd like to request some karma for a new business in I'm starting. Oh, so you can handle that right now. Absolutely. You've got karma. There you go. And so that'll wrap it for this uh, week's ex- uh, producers, executive producers, and associate executive producers. And anybody else wants to donate and get into the next club, which is the 281 Club, we would appreciate it. I would particularly appreciate it so I can get out of town here. org slash N-A. A couple of PR associate. Sorry? But also go to channeldevorak.com if you have to, dot slash N-A. Yeah, we don't have a jingle for that. Um, I'd like to thank a couple of uh, people for some PR uh, initiatives. Greg Wilcox has forwarded DownloadTheTruth.com to NoAgendaShow.com. Good, uh, good job there, Greg. Uh, Sir Kelly Spongberg, note for Sunday's show, I bought three No Agenda URLs, redirecting them now to NoAgendaShow.com. Uh, only Canadians can buy .ca domains, so I'll keep them safe as uh, part of my barony of Alberta. Eric, take note of that. Uh, Adam will also be proud. I did it all for my iPhone. Yeah, yeah I'm really proud of that. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, right. Noagenda.ca, noagendacanada.com, and noagendacanada.ca, all forwarding now to noagendashow.com. Fantastic. Terrence Smith, uh, like you to know, I am uh, forwarding the following domains to noagendashow.com, hatedbymillions.com, 
<laughs> what is that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Americant with triple K. I'm not sure, Terrence. Uh, Dave yeah. Funk has uh, forwarded tsadouchedme.com. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, John Tucker uh, says, hey, just so you know, goldtungsten.com now points to noagendashow.com. Uh, B- Betio Menendez, legopros.com is now forwarded to noagendashow.com. I think that's good for some SEO. I kind of appreciate that. Uh, ministryofaspartame.com, now also pointing to our show site, noagendashow.com. Um, and uh, actually, it was um, we talked about uh, the bullshitfilter.com that uh, Paul has uh, set up. He actually uh, uh, suggests an idea if any of the human resources out there would like to put it together. Where if you uh, would actually use that as a, you know, a, if you do bullshitfilter.com and then slash question mark and then another URL, that it would actually replace words. So uh, if it was a story about Janet Napolitano, it would say Lucy Napolitano, uh, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Which I think is kind of funny if someone wants to that, do that. That could be done. That's doable. I think it could be really fun to do that as a no agenda project. Uh, then we have, uh, uh, this link is in the show notes, some beautiful, uh, Gitmo Nation hoodies. And, uh, these things are, it's a Gitmo Nation hoodie. Um, and the link is, it's on, uh, shirtmagic.com where you can buy these. It's really nice. On the front, it has, uh, you know, big Letterman style letters, 33. No, I'm sorry. That's the, oh, you can choose from two. One is, uh, the back. <laughs> You know, like a Letterman sweater on the back, it's got your big number. So the number is 33. Yeah. The name is Doug. <laughs> Just have everyone walking around in Doug 33 uh, hoodies. And then there's another one, which is a Gitmo Nation hoodie. So they're both beautiful. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And Comic Strip Blogger, our friend, has put together a new uh, site for the network, now also listed in the links that rock, noagendaapps.com, as there are as a growing number of apps to access the program uh, along with the noagendastream.com stream. So uh, some good stuff today in uh, the uh, associate, PR associate department. We highly appreciate it. And, of course, our executive producers and the only two members of the 280 Club, and you can put that on your resume, Carl Hadel and Andrew Blackburn. Thank you for being uh, the executive producers of No Agenda Show, episode 280. Uh, the door is closed on that. The next club uh, that is available for donations and support at your giving level of $281 is the 281 Club. That'll be the next episode. And, of course, our associate executive producers, soon to be knighted, Sir Snorter Stain and David Burneff. We appreciate your support. Uh, it's uh, the only way we keep this show going. Uh, it is uh, we've chosen for no other uh, commercial entities, and we are completely, we are truly listener supported. Unlike the phonies over there at uh, uh, what do you call it, NPR, your national treasure, and PBS. Now, of course, the rest of the human resources, you've got a job to do, which is propagate the formula. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. So the big yeah go oh, ahead sorry. no go ahead the big, the big news here, the big news over here is uh, actually uh, kind of the rebound news from what's going on in New York and there's specials about it there's shows the BBC did one the French French TV's got something on it is this about uh, the Germans buying the stock exchange no guess again what did they do this is more important than that apparently to these Europeans um it, then. Well, then it has to have something to do with... Oh, wait. 
it must be um, that ecstasy is not dangerous for your brain. No, no, that's interesting. No, no, that was it's a big, true. That's no, big, true to me. big report came out. Big report today. Everybody I know that uses that stuff to excess has a has a dinghy. Okay, well, anyway, I'll tell you what it is. Okay. Uh, apparently, New York is either considering or has banned outdoor smoking in front of buildings. Oh no! This this happened three weeks ago. They, they've banned yeah, smoking well, in parks. And now it's smoking on the beaches. Smoking everywhere. Yeah. yeah. The Europeans are. The Europeans have seen the writing on the wall. They're not going. Which is that, like, we're not going to go there. Well, they know that Worse. everything that's happened over here with smoking has resulted in it happening over there <sighs> or over here. Right there now. Right. So and so they're worried sick that they're not going to be able to smoke outside. In uh, or they're going to be able to smoke at all. They're worried sick, and so they're having all these debates about it. So I was watching this one that just cracked me up. It was a Finnish. And a Latvian, and uh, they're talking about the idea of uh, banning tobacco, grow, growing tobacco. And the, the, I think it was the Finnish guy was complaining about the fact that uh, the EU subsidizes tobacco farmers. Meanwhile, they're banning people from smoking. How does that make any sense? Well, we Maybe got a, just, we, now we got a lot of slaves in Africa who love to smoke, and, the, and we're, we're making the Chinese smoke themselves to death. It's funny because you know, I've, ha- I've had this issue in the show notes two weeks in a row. And I didn't want to bring it up, you know, mainly, you know, being an ex-smoker and all, like, ah, eh, well, you know, let's, uh, get into that. But what's worse in New York, and this is what, this is the article that caught my eye, is that companies are now, there is a policy of not hiring smokers. So they, and this is, of course, completely discriminatory. And and, well, yeah, I know, but they, but apparently New York's made it legal. That is an yes. issue here, too. Yes. It's, so you can say, hey, are you a smoker? And if you say no, and they catch you smoking... You can get fired, and people have been fired for this already, which is like, wow, you know, that's pretty nuts. And they could not hire you if you're a smoker, too. Yeah. So they say, yeah, I'm a smoker. Well, you're not getting this job, then punk. Now, I'll tell you why this is bad, because it's smoking today. What is it tomorrow? No, that's your argument. But the funny thing is the Europeans never bring that up. (laughs) That's not what they're saying. They're just worried it's going to happen. It's hilarious. I mean, the other thing that I mean, watching the news over here is just is just almost a, a stitch because of the kind of preoccupation. The British have a thing going on right now. I guess with the EU that's not being covered. You familiar with what's going on with the uh, Human Rights Commission that's going that the EU threw at the with a, a judgment against the EU over uh, some human rights violations. It's got the EU completely bent out of shape. There's one guy says we're quitting. We're going to get out of the EU if this is going to continue. You guys keep picking on us. Um, I, the only thing I know is that there was a guy in, uh, and this is very consistent, by the way, with the Lisbon Treaty, and I have it actually in the show notes today on the United States of Europe, um, a homeless man in Belfast has now been in jail for a week. Cause, you know, and, and if you'll recall, John, way back when I was reading the protocols of the Lisbon Treaty, and you can get picked up and thrown in jail if you are a, a migrant or a, a vagrant. Uh, if you're homeless or if you have some kind of communicable disease, you know, so basically all, all of these things are now coming to roost as a, a guy who was homeless has been thrown in jail. Like, just sh- shut up, city. You, you got no home? Get, go to jail. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Well, there was this, this big special on the count. You know, these other these other kind of organizations within the EU parliament, like you from the Council of Europe, yeah, no, no, we... Uh, and the, the Committee of Ministers. Yeah, the Council of Europe are the guys that we talked about on the last show who put together that Budapest uh, cybercrime convention. 
Yeah, that we're going to get screwed by. Yeah. And then there's the, anyway, out of the Council of Europe comes the European Court of Human Rights, and they blasted the, the, the British because they, it's, a, it's a serious human rights violation because the British do not let their prisoners vote. Okay. <laughs> They've been okay. reprimanded. Okay. The British say, we don't care what you think. We don't let our prisoners vote. We've, we've never let our prisoners vote. We're not going to start now because it's a human rights violation when there's other things going on that are worse in other countries. And now, so now there's a big debate going on, and they had this show that was a special, another hour of this, and including uh, apparently uh, the British are getting condemned for expediting prisoners when they, they're not supposed to send sure. them to foreign countries sure. under some circumstances. But the big defender of all these practices, and she comes up, she's a woman from, from Holland, Oh, oh, yes, I know. She's kind of hot too, isn't she? What's her name she's, again? She's kind of pretty, and she. But she says, "Oh, you know, we've we've made these decisions to to join forces, and we have to, you know." She basically says the sovereignty thing. You have to give a little, you know. To, it's better to. She's just basically all in. Well, with what the, the, what, EU. The, what this all comes down to is exactly what everyone was afraid of: is we'd have this, you know, this big European Lisbon Treaty, all of these rules. And they all said, no, 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 but this is just guidelines. You can uh, put your own sovereign rules in place. And, of course, no one does. No, because we've got to be kumbaya. We've got to play together, play nice. So we all ha- kind of have to do it, which is also why we have gen- genetically modified food coming into Europe. Uh, it's, it's just one big scam. Uh, you know, two things came out, John, here uh, in quick succession. Yesterday, the uh, movie slash documentary, the excellent movie, I recommend everyone get it, um, Inside Job, uh, hit the BitTorrent networks. It's now out on DVD. It, it, it played in theaters. I actually tried to catch it here in Los Angeles. I do want to support this guy. I think this guy actually should make his next one with like a Kickstarter project or something. Um, and it, uh, it's funny because you watch this and it's like, oh, well, this is exactly what No Agenda has been telling me for three years. It's exactly how the scam worked. He he doesn't go into a lot of things, and luckily, just at the end, where I'm like, all right, now this is this all going to be like Bush was bad, you know, Clinton a little bit bad, and then luckily, luckily, it comes out the last 15 minutes. Well, you know, nothing has changed with the Obama administration. It's narrated by Matt Damon, um, and it uh, it's very informative. At the same time, this comes out uh, with a an article by Matt Taibbi in the Rolling Stone. In Roll, uh, Rolling Stone, and uh, Matt Taibbi, has, is, I'm, I'm, why this guy is still alive is uh, is astounding to me. And, he works for the CIA. Well, could be oh, that's military a, intelligence. I mean, whoever. Well, he's he certainly doesn't work for the bankers. And just let me just read. Oh, you his the, banker stuff is great. Yeah, this is his banker stuff. Let me just read you the first. He's also the guy, who, as you recall, that got McChrystal fired. Oh yeah, no, he he's so he's on the inside. So someone, you know, you're right. He definitely is protected uh, for writing this stuff. And someone's pissed off at the bankers, and it should be all of us. But here's here's the opening paragraphs. Over drinks at a bar on a dreary, snowy night in Washington this past month, a former Senate investigator laughed as he polished off his beer. Everything's fucked up and nobody goes to jail, he said. That's your whole story right there. Hell, you don't even have to write the rest of it. Just write that. <laughs> and so, these, so uh, this comes out, which is highly recommended to read, uh, as well as the, uh, as the movie. And when you, when you see the, and you're so right, it's the military-industrial 
academic uh, complex. You know, forget it. We're screwed. There is no way out. There is no, the, even as the as the end the end of this movie where the shot of the Statue of Liberty and Matt Damon saying, "Well, you know, it'll take quite a while, and we'll have to work very hard to turn all this back. All these crooks are stealing from us and and pushing our slaves into into horrible circumstances, but it's worth trying." I I saw that movie. I was like, "No, it's not. I'm just gonna put my head up my ass and go to sleep. Forget about it. It's laughable." It is laughable how we are... Everything that's happening is directly relatable back to a relatively small group of people who are doing this. And, yeah. and, and they get off scot-free. It's, right, it's stealing one, all the money. It's one big cabal. Well, they just steal the money. They, they throw the... The slaves have to pay. They, we're, we're paying them. And from time to... Even in Madison, you see a, a human resource running around with the sign saying, hey, why should we pay you back, Goldman Sachs? Because that's essentially where all the money goes. It's, you know, we we need a revolt. It's just it's unfortunately. Well, that's not going to happen. No, you see it. You, it's going to happen some other places, but it won't happen in the uh, U.S. You got the Oscars coming up. Yeah, not on. only that, but Charlie Sheen. You know, he's got uh, he, he's he's got the new season of Two and a Half Men. It's doing great. You know, so yeah, we, we can't we can't miss that. And we we got to go home and see the Kardashians. But uh, so but I do have a, a clip. I'd like two clips. I'd like to play for you briefly. Um, because uh, while you were over there getting pickpocketed, or maybe we should say hot pockets, you were hot pocketed. Uh, I'm over here doing what we normally do together. What we do, so you don't have to see spin. So uh, they have like a congressional hearing, and uh, and this is mainly about the budget. And it's the military budget, which uh, is almost $700 billion, uh, of which a lot of it is health care. Uh, health care in the past 10 years went for, the, for our uh, military personnel went from um, a paltry $12 billion to $30 billion. And, and, of course, that's not just because of the rising uh, cost of health care. That's because our boys and girls are getting shot up. You're getting, you know, the being torn apart, and that costs money to go and put them back together again. Poor human resources. Uh, but Gates brings out the whole. He he brings in everybody. He's got Panetta there. He's got Clapper. Who, you know, Clapper. I, you can't write this stuff. You should just watch Clapper for an hour and and just poop yourself. The guy is a nincompoop. He's a complete idiot, and he's the director of military of national intelligence. Yeah. This is the guy who didn't know there was something going on in England when he was uh, talking to Diane Sawyer. And, yeah, hilarious. And you know, he, was, he was a professor, and something happened to him, because you look at pictures of him on his wiki page when he was uh, uh, an officer. Uh, I think he was a lieutenant general. Uh, and he looks sharp, right? Now he just looks like a disheveled professor. It's complete, no, they probably, they probably drugged him. I'm telling you. The, the, he, probably. And and on C-SPAN it's so beautiful because before you see the before and the after the actual hearing, and, and here's how it goes: before everyone's like you know of course uh, Joe Lieberman's up there and uh, and and everyone comes by and they're all talking and hanging out and then they do this you know really extreme grilling of questions for two hours and then at the end everyone walks up and they're hugging each other and then you know high five and hey good job great show yeah. You know, it's, just, it's like, <laughs> we really put the show on for the slaves, didn't we? <laughs> it's annoying. So anyway, um, 
Then they start talking about uh, Anwa Awolaki, you know, the guy who uh, was invited as a guest speaker at the Pentagon and now is the number one most wanted guy yeah, in the world they, ab- above Osama bin Laden. Yeah, they bu- he bumped Osama. Yeah, he's, he's number <laughs> number one with a bullet, Anwa Awolaki, bumping Osama bin Laden this week on the chart. I'm Casey Kasem. How are you doing, everybody? Hey, by the way, what happened to Shadow Stevens? Anyway. Uh, and so, of course, it's like, the, it's like, well, you know, if we catch either of these guys... You know, and if we catch Osama or or Anwar Awolaki, where are we going to put them, John? Where are we going to put these guys? Um, there's only, uh, there's only county, one. There's county jail. One. I don't know. <laughs> no, man. Lock up. The, the the obvious answer is Gitmo. Now, I'd like to take you back and remind you that on January twenty second, two thousand nine, two thousand nine. Uh, our president, his very first executive order, an executive order, which as far as I know, it's like when the president says, here's my executive order, like there's a curfew or, you know, um, we're confiscating your gold or no more whatever, then that's the law, right? Isn't an executive well, order kind of like, I order you, I command the... Essentially, it turns out to be, although I think a lot of these things are unconstitutional, nobody wants to fight it. Well, here's uh, what happened, uh, just as a quick refresher, January 22nd, uh, 2009. Uh, I have said repeatedly that I intend to close Guantanamo, and I will follow through on that. Uh, I've said repeatedly that America doesn't torture, and I'm going to make sure that we don't torture. Uh, Those are are part and parcel of an an effort to regain uh, America's moral stature in the world. That's right. Yeah, and that was on 60 Minutes, and of course he signed this with great bravado. He signed the uh, executive order, uh, which actually uh, will be kind of fun to listen to that here. This first executive order that we are signing uh, by the authority vested in me as president, uh, president by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America in order to affect the appropriate disposition of individuals currently detained by the Department of Defense at Guantanamo. Uh, and promptly to close the detention facility at Guantanamo consistent with the national security and foreign policy interests of the United States and the interests of justice, I hereby order. And we then provide uh, the process whereby Guantanamo will be closed uh, no later than one year from now. All right, one year from now. That would have been a year ago. What was the date? Uh, This was signed January 22nd, 2009. Uh, we are now past January twenty second, two thousand eleven, and it is still open. Wait, 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 wait. That doesn't add up. What it does? seems like two years have passed. Yeah, and which means one year past the deadline. Yes. I, don't, I don't get. Well, it's. I mean, he <laughs> sounds like he didn't do what he said. Yeah, yeah. It sounds what kind like of an executive order is that. Yeah, how can you like defy an executive order? Well, this is how you do it. If we. Uh, are able to capture a high-value target. A high-value target, John. That would be uh, Benny or uh, Ali. Uh, in an area where we may not currently be engaged in a conflict, a direct conflict, uh, where are we going to put these individuals if we are, the president still goes forward to attempt to close Guantanamo? I think the honest answer to that question is we don't know. If we capture them outside of outside of the areas where um, uh, where we are at war um, and and are not covered by the existing authorizations uh, war authorizations, 
Um, one possibility is to uh, for such a person to be put in the custody of their home government. Um, another possibility is that we bring them to the United States. After all, we've brought a variety of terrorists to the United States and put them on trial in Article Three courts here over the years. Um, but uh, uh, let me remind you, Robert Gates has he has no more dog in the hunt. He's leaving, right? So he doesn't give a crap. What he, he he's not going to have to follow through on anything anyway. So bring it on home, Bobby. But it will be a challenge. Would that cause you to make a different recommendation to the president on closing Guantanamo, given the challenges it, it presents? Well, we, I think we're in the position, frankly, that um, uh, the prospects for closing Guantanamo, uh, as, as best I can tell, are uh, very, very low, uh, given a very broad opposition uh, to, to doing that here in the Congress. Oh, by the way, that's your uh, elected representatives, he's saying. Hey, it's not my fault. Congress doesn't want to close it. I've never heard this. I've never heard that all these congressmen want to keep Guantanamo going. Oh, you have to keep it going. I mean, actually, Obama got elected as that's one of the points that got him votes. Yeah. That I mean, is, that was, see, what was his main thing? He went, first, is, he would get us out of Iraq really fast. Hold on a second. I got somebody pounding on my door. Oh, it's, uh, it, oh my God. Here it comes. Oh, no. Don't open the door, John. You know better than that. This is not a smart thing to do. Hello? Are you still there? Mm. Huh. Well, that was ill-timed. What, what was that? R- room service? It was uh, somebody dropping off water. <laughs> it was someone coming in. Hey! Turn down your speakers! <laughs> you noisy kids. It was uh, anyway. Back to the, uh, the right. So, this, so, this, so there you go. It's uh, it's not going to happen. And uh, so, if we can defy that executive order, I guess we can defy any executive order, right? Doesn't make any difference as far as I'm concerned. Well, it seems to me that he made two major promises. One was going to get out of Iraq immediately, and we're still there, as far as I can tell. Yes. And the other was close Guantanamo, and as far as I can tell, he didn't do that either. Yeah. So what promises did he make that got all these people all worked to do a lather? Change. Yeah. Oh, change. Yeah. Change. Change. So a couple other things. Uh, there's a lot of Gitmo stuff going on. You m- Remember I uh, mentioned on Thursday about this uh, Hillary Clinton speech? Um, the Internet Freedom speech where she talked oh, about right, the, the, the Budapest, the Budapest uh, Convention. So I've yeah. been thinking about that. And uh, I've concluded that it was a message. It was code. And the code is, uh, we're going to start implementing this and using it at will. And then, lo and behold, Koika uh, crops up again. And Koika is the uh, copyright, what is it, copyright uh, intellectual property something law? CO- oh, yeah, let me give you the exact definition. C-O-I-C-A. They tried to pass this a year or so ago. Combating Online Infringement and Counterfeits Act. Um, Mm. And they tried to do this in September. Uh, They tried to ram this through. It didn't happen. And I think that Clinton bringing this up in her speech is code for, look out, here I come. And of course, uh, 
regulating copyright is, by definition, a form of regulating speech. So I think we uh, need to be very, very careful and very alert as to what uh, what uh, our legislators are doing under the radar, as it were, as we're not looking, uh, because this is not good. And uh, there was some, there was a little kerfuffle that took place at uh, at this speech. And it's funny because I watched the uh, version. Remember, you won't remember this, but the uh, the version of the speech that is on the the, the DOS uh, Department of State website is uh, was only one channel it was right channel only and and that which is annoying i'm like why is that and it turns out there was a guy uh let me see i think i might have a copy yeah so there was a guy in the audience and he stood up and he he was angry he didn't say anything he turned around and i think he had a, a sweatshirt on that said veterans for freedom or something like that and they, so he didn't say anything, but he just stood up in the aisle and he turned around with his back to the Secretary of State. Now, there's one thing you don't do is you don't turn your back on the elitist. No, you don't. And so what do they do to this guy? They jump him. They, they jump him and they tackle him to the ground. They handcuff him. He's bleeding and they rough him up and they pull him out. And CNN actually had this caught entirely on uh, uh, on video with good audio, and I went back and I listened to the uh, Department of State. Ver- you can hear really faintly. Of course, it's on the other channel. That's why they turned that channel down. This is what you uh, missed uh, in the uh, Ministry of Truth version. This is the version caught on CNN, never to be re-aired. Millions worldwide answered in real time. You are not alone, and we are with you. Then the government pulled the plug. Cell phone service was cut off, TV satellite signals were jammed, and internet access was blocked for nearly the entire country. So this is America. The government this did is not America. want the Who are you? to communicate with each other. And, it did not and this was a small room, too, and she just keeps on going like nothing's happening. Uh, the sweatshirt said Veterans for Peace, actually. Uh, and the guy was a former CIA guy. So, yeah, I mean, it's nutty, man. It's completely nutty. And she doesn't acknowledge it. She just keeps on going like a, like the MK Ultra whore that she is. Well, the one word at a time, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> just wow. Just completely like we, we are in Gitmo and people have silent protests. And, you know, meanwhile, don't, don't, whatever you do, uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, no, 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 don't look over there. No, 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 there's nothing. Go look over at uh, the people with burkas on and stuff like that. That's where it's all happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. So so the guy, I mean, what? he wasn't yelling or anything no, until no. they started grabbing him, yeah, right? Yeah, he just stood up. Or he wouldn't sit down, I think, is the big problem. Everyone had to sit down, and he just turned around and had Veterans for Peace on his jacket. And they tackled, they just, you know, just... Grabbed him and like threw him to the ground, and the guy was bleeding. And I, don't, I think they might have hmm. broken his nose, but he was also a former CIA guy. This is what kills me. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. Wow, exactly. At, at at a speech where she's literally saying, "And then the government pulled the plug." <laughs> We're pulling the plug every single day here. Uh, hmm. uh, oh well. Well, we're going to get used to it because you can turn on the internet with a worm or something like that, and there's be witness in a TV show. 
Well, that was the other big thing, of course, is Obama had that uh, had that dinner at, uh, and that was uh, Thursday. Just before, we had the show on Thursday, and then Thursday evening, Obama had uh, dinner with the elites there in Silicon Valley at John Doerr's house. Ugh. What a joke. Uh, John Doerr, who, of course, uh, was also on the president's economic team, uh, a huge, huge donor, Kleiner Perkins. And then he had... Uh, yeah, no, he's a... Uh, he wants to get a... He's trying... In fact, He I'm wants sure an ambassadorship. He, yeah, he wants an... It's a known fact yeah. in the Valley that he wants an ambassadorship to some place. A, a good one, not one of the bullcrap ones. But, you know, I mean, there's, there's two kinds of ambassadors. There's the ones that are these prestige jobs like uh, England, France, you know, these European ones where you get to do a lot of partying. China is one of them, uh, which was George Bush's assignment when he was George H.E.W. And uh, then there's all these other little countries all over the world, and those are all professional uh, diplomats and professional foreign service people, most of them connected to some intelligence agency or another. And they're, they're different. That's a different group, and they just go from ambassadors ambassadorship to an ambassadorship from one country to another. Yeah, but this is like the woman who uh, who Hillary Clinton just uh, expelled from Luxembourg. She was uh, she collected a whole bunch of money and uh, she got in. She was an uh, Obama uh, bundler and uh, and she just partied. <laughs> what else you can do in Luxembourg? Well, so you do, yeah, yeah, you yeah. And then I don't know. If it's uh, probably the same here in Madrid where I can't get out. Since you since, too busy to since you uh, since you won't be doing uh, this week in tech. Uh, let me ask you this question. Of course, uh, every, there's two things everyone... Uh, uh, obviously, to note that Mark Zuckerberg was sitting to the right of the president. Uh, Steve Jobs uh, photographed from behind, looking uh, thin and rather frail. You know, it was a little speculation. Uh, sitting to the left. And, um, and Larry Ellison, by the way, a little unnoticed. Uh, his, his, his gaze at the president during their toast is priceless. It's so like, you know, like macho man uh, Larry Ellison. Uh, but of course, everyone is like, you know, no, no Microsoft representative. Why is that? What is your take on that from a, uh, a technology perspective? Ballmer well, was not uh, there. I Gates did. was not there. Uh, they could have had a number of, uh, of luminaries from Microsoft. What's going I, on? I would think, uh, just from the top of my head, because I know that they supported Obama, and they, even though they're kind of semi-neutral, I'm surprised. I think Ellison was a Republican, but I'm not sure. Whatever the case is, I believe that the idea amongst the Microsoft people would be that we don't do that kind of thing because Obama's just going to come and visit us. Oh, there's, oh right. Well, th- that's a good point. Bill Gates is probably like, I don't think so. Nah, did you have your shots yet, Barack? It wouldn't be. It would be beneath Gates to be at that event, and Balmer would probably he'd think he'd think the same thing. Right. Wow. You know, so, the, so, so the true would do a special. You know, they'd be like totally up in Redmond, and it wouldn't be any right. Silicon Valley. Wow. People. And they don't see themselves as a Silicon Valley company either. That's true, but also just like screw it. You know, you want to you want to hang out with me? You got to come to me, bitch. Wow, that's a that's a very good uh, assessment. I th- you're probably right. Gates feels way above Obama, as do many of these elitists. Well, actually, uh, there's some evidence that Gates feels that way, and I have it on uh, on per- authority of somebody who had dinner with him once, who actually is a friend that hangs out with him in certain situations. And I was told the story that, and he was with Melinda. Uh, that they were talking about who's who's more powerful in this one he was at Microsoft uh, the president of the United States or, or Bill Gates and Bill at the table said me <laughs> 
really? And Melinda, supposedly, this is a story, who knows, but I believe it to be true. Yeah. It came from a great source. <laughs> Melinda gave him the gave him the old knee, you know, the old bang with his with her foot to tell him to <laughs> shut up. Ixne on the Illuminati A, Bill. <laughs> Ixne on the on the Ovegray. <laughs> wow. Now, that doesn't mean that Bill wouldn't go to certain kinds of events with other people. He's not that kind of guy. I mean, he's pretty, you know, normal in some regards. I mean, if it was like a big event to to uh, celebrate uh, some famous engineer or something, they was going to give him awards. Right, but, that, award. but that's different. I mean, he gets, he, he's not going to yeah. get anywhere near that pleb Zuckerberg. You know, he's not a true reptile. Oh, yeah. yeah Zuckerberg's not a reptile. Zuckerberg is sitting next to Obama. There's a lot of people aren't showing up. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> he's not a reptile. This guy? Why is he sitting there? Fuck you. I'm not coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, you know what? Why don't you, sh- why don't you shape change for a second there? Shift. Shift there, Zuckerberg. See, you can't do that. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Okay. I take that as a very valid uh, analysis. It's frightening. But that's, uh, I guess that's just the way it is. Yeah. Wow. I'm actually surprised Ellison was there. I think he probably was forced to be there by some PR person or something. I'm not sure. Hey, remember, um, speaking of uh, El Presidente, uh, remember a Waka Flocka Flame? No. I, I, what am I, I, I shouldn't remember it, but why, why am I forgetting it? Waka Flocka Flame is the, is the hip-hop guy who did the... Um, uh, he did the takeoff on Obama, the hip hop video. Like, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm the, I'm the main homie. I'm your pimp. It, remember, I, I played that on the uh, for the show once. Uh, don't remember it. Well, you play it. Uh, oh, I don't have it handy. Well, uh, that you'd have it. Well, hold on. Well, no, no. Well, it, it wasn't so much a lead in uh, as it was um, that uh, he got shot at. <laughs> Got shot at. He's a rat. <laughs> hip hop guys get shot at all the time. Yeah, I don't know, but you know this this particular hip hop guy had a pretty strong political message saying, uh, "Screw the president." You know, he's nothing but a big long long legged Mac Daddy. That was essentially his message, and you know he's got a strong message because people care about this guy. You know, he's popular. You know, let me see. Uh, but it was Baraka Flocka Flame. Because he, uh, he's known as Waka Flocka Flame. He was Baraka Flocka Flame. I think I have a, a YouTube video I can play for you for a second. You can hear it. It's, uh, I'm sure you, I'm sure we played, maybe, I don't know if we played on the show or, or before the show. Hold on a second. Here we go. Uh, what is this crap? Here we go. And he looks just like Barack Obama in the video, too, by the way. Completely dressed up like him. He's got the limos and he's driving to the hood. Here he is, everybody. It's called Head of the State. I'm the head of the motherfucking state, nigga. I want you change, nigga. What the fuck you thinking, nigga? I will die on the shit, that's what Michelle said. Secret service, but I got my own ass. <laughs> Hillary's my motherfucking nigga. <laughs> anyway, I think yeah, that I think he did play, played a pre-show. Might have been a pre-show, but uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but you know, it was like they didn't catch anybody. 
the the police tried to pursue the uh, the perps, but they got away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing say, like uh, rude hip hop. I'd say that's uh, well. You got to be careful, man. You got to be careful because, of course, it's easy. To, well, he's a hip hopper. Of course, he gets shot at. Yeah, particularly when you have a, a a politically loaded message. Be careful. Yeah, probably not a good idea. And uh, while we're on the uh, two to the head, uh, John Wheeler's widow has now come out. John Wheeler being uh, the guy who uh, was disheveled and got offed, you know, the guy from Mitre. Oh, right, right, right. You with me? Yeah, no, I'm just, I always, never give his name. Yeah. So his widow comes out and says, I'm, I guarantee you it was a hit. <laughs> And everyone's trying to discredit her now, like, oh, you know, she shouldn't be, she shouldn't be saying this. Uh, well, why is she saying this? She's like, you know, there's all kinds of weird, interesting, John. All kinds of weird uh, credit card charges are showing up uh, on her credit card. Round trip tickets from New York to Madrid. Interesting. I'd be very careful if I were you. Yeah, I'm trying to get out. Yeah. Um, so she's come out and said this was definitely, definitely a hit. And uh, she's been doing interviews about it. Slate wrote this up, actually. And uh, and she's very worried. The police only just no, went into... hit over it. What, 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 what was her husband up to? I well, mean, we've kind of figured it out, but we don't know. Yeah, no, we, we don't actually know what he knew or the reason that, uh, that he had to die. But uh, for his wife or widow to come out and say uh, th- he was hit is uh, pretty heavy, I think. So I fear, yeah. I fear for her. Well, we'll see. It'll be a car accident. Yes. Uh, her car will, uh, she'll damage her radiator in the garage and the car will explode. That could happen. <laughs> it happens all the time. It happens all the time. <laughs> hey, let's thank a couple people for supporting our show, John. It's not a lot this week. Again, we, we're on the seesaw once again. It's, it's obvious that uh, maybe people are spending their money on food. Yeah, maybe. I don't think so. Um, if they are, they should cut back. Okay, let's go with John Atwood in Cotter, Arkansas, $119.88. And let me just do a quick thing here to uh, clear something. And move over this so I can read John Atwood's little message. Uh, I got my XM radio bill which I seldom listen to since I prefer to download podcasts, smart guy, and put them on a thumb drive and listen to them while I'm driving. So here's what they were going to charge me for another year of news, sports, and talk jam packed with commercials. Yeah, why are they charging? Why do they have commercial? I thought XM was supposed to be commercial free. That's why you had a subscription. Funny you mention that because uh, what's the guy uh, who, who runs the show there? Um, Howard Stern. No, 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 no. He's a well-known guy. Ah, um, Can't remember. Yeah, anyway. So they were down. Their numbers were down, uh, uh, their financial numbers. And the guy has the gall to say, well, you know, uh, at least uh, people know that with us, because they're making all these comparisons, uh, with us at least they know that they're paying to not hear commercials. I'm like, what a lie. What a lie. Huh. Yeah. It just, it just says it right there in the investor conference call. Well, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's down and people, you know, people are cutting back here and there. It's the economy. Uh, but uh, you know, people value our service because they know that they're they're paying to not get commercials. But the, the meanwhile, things jam packed with commercials. Well, it's just not true. No, we don't have any 
commercials on our show. Joshua Stoyer in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, 75 bucks. In the morning, John Adam, listen to the show since episode one, way back in 2007. Haven't missed one yet. Yes, I've been a douchebag for not donating until now. Yeah, eventually they come around. But here's $75 to help you out. I could really use some gold. When they need karma, they come around. Uh, get me out of the hellhole I work at. I'm on a hunt for a new job. Luck with that and need all the help I can get. All right, here you come. Some extra for you. You've got karma. Uh, Jeffrey Vanden in Calgary, Alberta, $71.94. Hey, guys. Uh, it's review time soon, so I could use some karma. Another one. In hopes of a merit increase. And by the way, this karma's been working for some people, according to them. I'm doing the number of my 101010, number 218, coin X times 33 cents. Keep your stick on the ice. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. that's where it belongs. <laughs> You've got karma. <laughs> I think Mickey said that to me the other day. Hey, put that thing on ice. Keep your stick on the ice. <laughs> Paul Elvis in uh, Toronto, Ontario. We got a couple, number of Canadians today. We got well. That's the, because we have noagenda.ca now. People are finding us. And I, in fact, there's another third one I should mention first, which is Joe Cool Design, Princeton, Ontario, Canada. One hundred eleven dollars and eleven cents, with uh, no particular comment. And and there's Paul Elvis at Toronto, Ontario, and he's got no comment either, which is showing that the Canadians are speaking with their money. Uh, Alexis Richardson. Uh, Chanet, Kansas, uh, double nickels on the dime. Uh, he, uh, he says, my name is Alexis. Well, it looks like Alexis, sorry. Uh, and I want to wish Clint Strachner, pronounced Strazner, <laughs> a happy 23rd birthday. Good He's the one there, who got me. Just it's the way it looks. He's the one who got me started listening to No Agenda. We've been together for over two years. I decided on double nickels on the dime because it's a number that seems to be disappearing among your donations, and it was the most popular when I started listening. Call me nostalgic. So I think I would say that Alexis is uh, a female listener, and you said he, but I think it's uh, if uh, if Alexis is uh, thanking uh, Clint, I, I would say she, he's a she. Well, I only use the word he in refer, reference to Clint. Right, sure. Okay. Then I, I don't have to replay the tape, do I? No, you don't. Believe me. David Dietrich in Round Rock, Texas, double nickels on the dime. Aaron Zempel. Uh, uh, Great. Good job. Anonymous, sorry. Uh, I wish they would just blank that box out. Munith, Michigan, double nickels on the dime. And he says, I'm logging onto my, oh, this is funny. <laughs> I'm logging onto my husband's PayPal account to, to donate in honor of all the other female listeners to the show. No one didn't want to be called out. Call out any douchettes who aren't donating. Love them. Or love Aaron from Alternate Acres. P.S. Adam, I'd love to hear P.S. Adam, I love to hear you sing over the jingles. See, immediately you go mocking the few female listeners we have. Uh, I won't even say what else you've done wrong here. Uh, and it's uh, Aaron from Al uh, Alternative Acres. Uh, Aaron, thank you very much. And uh, let me uh, deduce you and hit you with some karma at the same time. Deduced. You've got karma. I wasn't giving her a bad time. She obviously has some sort of crush on you. Yeah, well, it's not hard to understand. Mark Hudak in Eastern Passage, Nova Scotia. Another Canadian. This is Canada Day. Uh, originally, I was one of the few who purchased the 101010 coin. I was over the 
hundred or so coins I was limited to. Eric had emailed me and told me his this and asked what I should like done. I told him not to worry about it. I figured the two of you are getting screwed up somehow in a little bit. <laughs> well, you know what? To my <laughs> That's a guarantee. Coin. We're getting screwed somehow all the time. <laughs> to my surprise, the coin was on my desk at work day. I, I must say the coin really does look wonderful. Here's a $55 donation uh, for being three. I am including Eric, stand-up guys. Three stand-up guys. Keep up with the great show. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. You didn't have to do that, obviously. And that was, uh, and I have to scroll Mark. down. That was Mark. Mark, and now there's Elizabeth here. Here we go. Wappinger, Wappinger Falls. Well, here we go, but she's not saying anything about your singing. Uh, $52.18. Wow, it's a long note. Let's see what we got here. My other half and I are avid listeners. We both donated previously. I am part of the 0.05% that is female and a donator. Hooray. I am currently a $5 subscription member. I'll upgrade soon. But this donation comes with a prediction. Turn two pairs of eyes in the shadows. You see, I am not a boot on the ground nor a ham in the air yet. But I live in a town overflowing with completely distracted slaves and cringe from the shadows. <laughs> uh, she's got some links, too, that she sent us. And there seems earlier today in Poughkeepsie, New York, a man and his wife had a domestic dispute in front of their child while waiting to board a train in the middle of the afternoon. The dispute is cited to have ended with the man pulling out a gun while on the train platform shooting and killing his wife as events unfolded. Events unfolded. The police, was, police officer was killed. And she goes on to uh, predict, essentially, that uh, if anybody thinks that the TSA is not going to get involved with this kind of yeah, I've got with the, train right. I've actually got her note. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes so you can read it. Some interesting uh, reading about uh, Poughkeepsie in general, which is kind of an interesting place, uh, so you don't have to go through the whole note. But thank you very much, Elizabeth. That's very kind of you, and it's nice to see more of our uh, listeners of the female persuasion uh, donating to the show, even if you are hacking into your husband's uh, PayPal uh, account, Aaron. Which is we we encourage that for all yeah, our we female think that's, listeners. That's very good. If we think Go that's a very it. good idea. <laughs> you know what? The guy won't even notice. Uh, anyway, she give us fifty fifty two dollars and eighteen cents, and we got a couple of our regulars. Or actually, there's a new guy. Well, no, it's a regular. Bradley Serbu in the Florida fifty dollars. George Vanderhorst fifty dollars, and then we have coming up last on the list, but not least, Chris Galen. No, come on, do it right. Chris Gehalen. <laughs> no, that's wrong. Helen. 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 Dear John, in episode 279, you said, I hated you. I do not. I do not at all. I'm a big fan of yours. I've been for ages. I just want to help you out for your next visit to Belgium. I just need some French fries when I go there. Please come soon as we might not exist much longer. That's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. So here's lesson two of Dutch 101. Wat voor verd wart? Het vandag, het gat regenen miner, hapt un paraplu zilsch. That's very good. That's very good. Yeah. Very, very good. What I say? You don't want to know. Oh. Well, hopefully we need Dutch donors here. Well, you know what the main, the, the, the main thing that this note says to me? Is we really have, and this is a, a message to Eric the Shill, we really need to get on our uh, baronies and start cutting up Gitmo Nation because he's right. I mean, th this is uh, Gitmo Nation Sprouts uh, is now on record the longest uh, country in the civilized world without uh, a government. 
and uh, it, it's it's a I would call that a problem. You know, they they had a contest on uh, on Twitter of all places. Uh, Baron von Pelsmacher sent this to me. Uh, come up with the best song for uh, for the current uh, uh, state of the government in Belgium, and uh, people were tweeting their answers. I have a couple of them here. Uh, we have uh, hold on, stupid Safari. U uh, two with or without Gov. Uh, we have uh, Just Can't Get No Gov from Depeche Mode. Uh, this is a No Gov song from Public Image Limited. No Gov, No Cry from Bob Marley. <laughs> Smells Like No Gov, Nirvana. No Gov, Bloody No Gov, U2. No Gov Today, Herman's Hermits. Yeah, they're creative there in Belgium. Yeah, absolutely. So that wraps up, uh, unfortunately, that wraps up uh, the giving levels that uh, you've supported us with this week. Uh, not as good as uh, we'd hoped it to be, but we know that you're doing the best that you can, and everything you can do and more is obviously appreciated. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Or channel Dvorak.com. Uh, we uh, do not take commercials, nor will we ever. We'd rather just not do the show because it interrupts, and we wouldn't be able to talk about the things we talk about on this program uh, and we're not corrupted like every other media, including your public media, which is probably the most corrupt and the worst. Uh, so please consider uh, supporting the show uh, in any form you can. We've got our 281 Club open. Of course, our monthly programs, if you go to Dvorak.org slash NA, is where you can see all the multiple programs you can sign up for. If you're going to hit us with a larger amount, which we really appreciate and need, uh, also consider signing up for our 1111 uh, $11.11 uh, a month program. Uh, and so we can continue to bring you this programming and uh, the type of insight that you will get nowhere else. And at least, we're he- at least we call it out. Or as Anderson Cooper would say, keep it honest. We're keeping him honest. Keeping him honest. He's got an email, by the way, from, before we go to the birthday and knighthood, from uh, Alexander Omhoff, one of our listeners in the chat room. And he says there's proof. He's got proof from Google such a thing as a travel document or transportation letter when a permanent resident of the United States for some reason is without documents. Yeah. 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 Why don't, why don't you t- print that out and take that uh, to passport control, see how you do. <laughs> and make sure you've got a hotel room for the next show because we're going to need it. I'm going to sing along. It's a birthday, birthday on no agenda. There you go. So, uh, uh, quick uh, birthdays. Uh, uh, Alexis Richardson says happy birthday to Clint Strassner. Strassner. Happy 23rd birthday today. And we'd also like to congratulate our uh, our new knight who will be knighting momentarily. His birthday is tomorrow up there in the North Pole in Santa Claus land. Snorterstein, happy birthday from your buddies at No Agenda. And uh, let's... Uh Get out a hey! Get your stick off the ice for a second, John. We we need it here. Can you? I, I had to bring the small one. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's such a pain with the TSA. Snorter Stain, step forward, my friend. There with your bearskin boots, as he's up uh, way up north. Uh, he's been uh, diligently supporting the show. His giving levels have been uh, tallied up and now sufficient to uh, become a knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. So, Snorter Stain, hereby I knight thee, Sir Snorter Stain, knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. And uh, come on over and have some hookers and blow here at the, the night table. And he had a little note with his uh, with his knighthood. Uh, he said, hey, for a request... Oh, first he said, I, I was at my, my cabin today. 
Uh, you know, he, he takes the snowmobile and the rifles as he uh, speeds on up. He's always sending me beautiful pictures from up uh, up the North Pole. It says, uh, two sets of polar bar, polar bear tracks around. Exciting weekend ahead. Haven't heard from him since, by the way. And along with, <laughs> along with my knighthood, it would be very nice to hear our national anthem again. It has been a while, and I agree. And, uh, well, when a knight uh, calls out for requests like that, how can we refuse? Well, ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation national anthem. Uh, you may sing along if you so wish. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be. Human resources and servants in all lands and all ships at sea. From the east to west, down under to the lowlands and beyond. We are happy and distracted slaves. Here are Gitmo Nation songs. And let me do this for us here. So you're out there. And now, back to real news. Only one reason for doing this story, I can do the voice. Larry, Kling, Larry King claims Pierce Morgan was oversold to the U.S. I told you. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you nailed that one. Good prediction. <laughs> and they oversold him. I, I don't want to be horrible about him. I think he's a fine broadcaster. Uh, you see, he told the BBC <laughs> so, this, by the way. He's a fine broadcaster. Oh. Yeah. I think they might have been better off starting quietly. Yeah, yeah, yeah they oversold him a bit. Larry out. What? I think they pushed Larry out. <laughs> well, he's certainly not bad. He's certainly an acceptable host. Uh, he asks good questions. Maybe he interrupts a little too much at times. I think he may have been oversold. Yeah, they'll be asking for me back any minute now. <laughs> That's. Uh, I think they saw. I think they pushed Larry out. Yeah, of course they did. They, they wanted to get some. This a whole lot of Brits on TV. Blood. Get a whole bunch of Brits on TV. Yeah. Uh, quick, a few magic numbers which are worth mentioning. Boy, we've had. Uh, well, well, before, okay, go on. Yeah, just a, a couple. It won't hurt you. Uh, the trade gap has widened in December. It swells to thirty-three percent. Oh, there's a little message there. The and, trade gap. Yeah. Trade gap with, or just the world trade gap? The trade gap with China, or what? Well, I can uh, check this out. The uh, it's probably the uh, well, I guess it's the trades. Is it just in and out, in and outgoing trade gap? Is that what it is? I guess that must be it. Yeah. Uh, hold on, I'm opening up the article now. It's getting worse. Yeah, it swelled to 33 percent. U.S. trade deficit widened in December to its highest level in four months. The government said on Friday in a report that also showed the annual trade gap expanded nearly 33 percent. Oh, as 2010 imports from China hit record levels. So, of course, China's in there, but a uh, little message there. 33%. Woo. And uh, there's been a couple of reports which I, I didn't get to. This is the 33 miners. You'll recall that uh, on the very day uh, that the mothership was supposed to uh, appear, they had this thing. It's like, oh, now we got to watch all these miners. So there was, uh, there was two very funny things. Did you know that in that so-called live broadcast, they actually had a whole bunch of pre-recorded video that was rolling. This has now come out. Uh, one, of the, uh, uh, one of the women who was there wrote a book about this, and she said, you know, there was something went wrong with the, uh, the Pegasus, another fine New World Order uh, uh, naming convention there. The Pegasus pod broke, 
and they didn't want to you know screw it up because this was supposed to be the big glorious moment the 33 chileans coming out of the mine uh so they re-ran tape during the live broadcast remember it like took a long time they basically just uh, they they lied to oh, us. Really? Yeah. So it's like one of those big parades where they just go around the block and get back in line and walk past <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. stands, or like the moon landing. <laughs> Your choice. But there was another little problem. Uh, they had uh, marijuana and porn down there. <laughs> they had to clean it all up before they before they brought them up. <laughs> they were sitting down there. They had uh, they had uh, weed and uh, porn. <laughs> <laughs> No wonder they were like, "Hey, we're here. What? I don't want to go out, man. It's good down here. It's going to be bright. <laughs> it's going to be really bright." <laughs> oh well. So the so the thing malfunctioned, and they, when the public was, with the news media surrounding this event, the thing. What you what, you're telling me this? The media is requires is. is Live, giving us a live broadcast of this rescue, and the thing malfunctions, but they decide, for whatever reason, not to show us that and just fake it. Correct. What was the point of this? Well, the point was, uh, A, probably ratings to keep you watching. Although well, I think, don't you think you'd be want to watch more? If the thing yeah, but was it busted? was. I think that they were actually worried that uh, that it wouldn't happen, that something would go wrong. So they were going to go through with the whole thing and bring up all 33, which is the same guy coming up and down and up and down on a, on a loop and then have and pretend they're all up when there's 29 of them or whatever back in the bottom. What were they going to do if the thing never worked right? I don't. Well, uh, obviously, it was. I, I think it was probably planned for it all to work right. Uh, so basically, it was a big staged show. Yeah. Well, this yeah. exactly. Uh, and, and I told you why it was a staged show. But yeah, it, it was a staged show. Yeah, let me uh, yeah, just let me let me find the. Uh, I mean, that, well, that is kind of real news. It was a you know, but you know, they're, they're, just play the real news thing again. Okay. And now back to real news. So, so I have to ask you this: since you have visited with the Queen, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Oh, that one was not the best. It sounded like an alien was saying, ask Adam. So, uh, uh, did you get invited to the wedding? (laughs) Yeah. I haven't been to the mailbox in two days, so maybe it's there. No, of course not. So, I'm looking, I'm watching, there's a big bunch of BBCs all over this, of course. It's important. So, there are going to be 1,900 guests, right? Yeah. If you maybe didn't know this because you're not following it closely enough. Well, the wedding we're talking about is what's his name and Kate Middleton, uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie or Harry or Harry. Jim. I don't know who's the guy. That's <laughs> Jim. Married. It's Jim. Jim and Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Prince Jim. <laughs> Prince Royal. His Royal Highness. Ladies and gentlemen. Wait a minute. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. His Royal Highness Prince Jim of Wales. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so apparently, so they, they, they so there's going to be all the there's certain members of parliament and the, the the royal family and there's all and heads of state from a bunch of different people, which is going to total. This is the way it's breaking down. It's 900 people are are coming from the royal family, Prince Jim's pals, I guess. 
drinking buddies. And uh, a bunch of heads of state and a few uh, lords and a couple of members of, uh, I guess, the uh, House of Commons. Yeah, I would but assume. Obama isn't, isn't uh, invited, as far as I know. Mm, probably not, but that's no. 900. And then the other 1,000, Kate Middleton's friends. Oh, hell yeah. Her girls. That's the way it breaks down. Yeah. Her girls. Absolutely. Huh. Yeah. How many people have a thousand friends? It doesn't make any sense to me. I have a thousand friends on Facebook. Maybe that is well, her, yeah. maybe that is all her Facebook friends. Maybe that's who's well, coming. You should have should have friended her then. You maybe <laughs> you get your invite that way. Maybe she po- maybe uh she posted uh, an event on Facebook. Like that could so be So why it. is anybody interested in this? Duh. Duh. The distraction of the week on no agenda. Don't throw your shoes. Did you know that uh, there's riots going on in you know these same kind of you know universal riots going on in Russia right now? Yes, I do. Uh, in fact, uh, they're trying Gor- to get Putin Gor- removed. Yeah, no, Gorbachev. Uh, what did he say? Um, I have it here. Under uh, what color is your revolution? Um, I think it was Gorbachev said. Yeah, Gorbachev warns of Egypt-style Russian revolt. Why? I mean, this these things seem. By the way, as far as I'm concerned, every time I see one, they all look like this. They look like cookie cutter revolts. I mean, obviously, I don't know who you know if it's our people or well, somebody let's, behind. Let's them. not forget that. They, you said it exactly right. They look like cookie-cutter revolts. They are being portrayed by our media as cookie-cutter revolts. I think that is what you need to look at, is how they're being shown on television. You're not actually there. You're not actually uh, boots on the ground. I'm getting very different reports from people uh, who are boots on the ground um, than from what's being shown on television. So, you know, what it... What you're seeing may not be the gee, big surprise. Well, I'm there. sure it's not. Big surprise. We have to assume. I that. mean, you know, you 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 sat there and watched and waited for 33 Chilean miners to come out, and you were watching a rerun. So, what do you know? Yeah, no. I, well, I, you have to make the assumption that it's it's some some something's fake, something's phony, something's there's some something bogus. Going I, you know on. what I think? I I think that what is really happening everywhere except Gitmo Nation, United States. Because we do have, I mean, let's face it, Rod Stewart just had a new baby. I mean, got to go home and watch E! News. How old is that guy? Yeah, really. Right. He uh, doesn't have his stick on the ice. But what's, I think everywhere around the world, people are revolting because they're sick and tired of this crap. They are literally sick, literally tired. They're malnourished. They're overworked. And they're tired of their elites running the show, and they're waking up, and they're and they're figuring it out, and they're taken to the streets, and they're pissed off. In Britain, um, I mean, it's happening everywhere. Uh, the, you know, after the news came out that Barclays, after posting multi-billion-pound profits, only paid one hundred thirteen million in taxes, the the uppity slaves of Gitmo Nation East went, "Oh, really?" And they just blocked blocked all the Barclays banks. They just said, we're having a sit-in. Screw you. You're not going to do any business here. You're out of your mind. You know, of course, that doesn't get any play. You know, well, we, can't, we can't have it look like there's an actual revolt here. Oh, you man. Oh, I'm telling you, this, it's, it's happening everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's a Gorbachev who said he's ashamed the way Russia is run today. 
warned that the Kremlin could face an Egypt-style uprising. Oh, you mean, uh... Egypt-style uprising. Lambasted the Kremlin for eroding the free media elections. You know, people, at the end, people are not entirely stupid. Really, John, I mean, you know, they just aren't. Uh, but I think that they are being portrayed as pretty stupid on television. And, of course, the only thing we can talk about here is about the CBS news reporter who was sexually assaulted. That's that's the whole conversation. That's the only thing that's important. Oh. And, of course, you can't go against that because you get emails like, Hey, man, if that was your wife or your daughter, you wouldn't talk that way. You're missing the point. You're totally missing the point. So we're being duped. We are. You and I are being duped. We, oh no! Yeah, we always assume that. Just turn off the TV because it's what you're seeing is not reality. You're not seeing the real story, and and the world is the world is in revolt. I really think it is, and they're getting ready here. They've got the FEMA camps ready. The U.S. Army has just said, uh, "Hey, we want uh, permission to use uh, machine gun rubber bullets for crowd control." Machine gun rubber bullets. Is yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, why bother with a single shot, man? That's a pain in the ass. Just mow them down. <laughs> mow them down. Those things, most of those rubber bullets are actually steel bullets coated with rubber. You yeah. get killed by one of those things, blinded oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, U.S. Army is planning to field rubber bullets for machine guns. Military officials claim the ammunition will allow them to more effectively quell violent protests without loss of human life. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. This is just funny. It is funny. I advise people to stay away from these via, these protests. We can't, and I can't, and don't listen to what John says. We have to have violent protests, or nothing will ever change. That's what Matt Damon said in that movie. Matt's yeah, going to be well, there with us. Change. I think we've agreed on that earlier in the show. So you've changed your mind already. Uh, a lot of people wanted us to talk. It's, it's a little complicated, but there's two things going on with the spy, the state of spy nation America. One is this H.B. Gary company, um, and apparently a whole slew of emails of theirs uh, was released on the Internet, and it shows how they've been infiltrating social networks, have been breaking into people's computers, uh, trying to bring down uh, anyone doing anything, essentially. It's, it's the counterintelligence and you should go. You should read these articles. I've posted links to them in the show notes. Noagendashow.com. Nothing new here, by the way. Uh, but you know, uh, gee, I haven't heard CNN talk about it. Interestingly enough, they've got uh, <laughs> online persona management services, which uh, companies sell to them. So uh, you know what they do is they get like fifty different profiles uh, on Facebook, and then they man. You know, you can one guy can manage fifty different profiles, and uh, and. You know, and basically manipulate uh, a social network crowd into doing something or going somewhere. So, yeah, really, we didn't expect that. Yeah, that's just a shocker. Anyone would dream that one up. But I'll be watching uh, C-SPAN today, um, and so I'll have a... Wait a minute, maybe it's Thursday, not today. Um, when was this posted? 17th? Maybe it's already out there. I've got to find this. Uh the FBI, uh, in particular General Counsel Valerie Caproni of the Caproni crime family, um, is uh, calling, has a, they say, we've got a problem, this going dark problem, uh, i.e., you know, people like Adam Curry and uh, people who listen to No Agenda sending PGP encrypted emails back and forth. This is a real problem. 
and uh, they want every single uh, device manufacturer. Look, if you want to have encryption, that's fine. As long as you can hand it to us in plain text is literally the quote from her. Uh, They want backdoors and everything. uh, Skype, everything has to have a a backdoor so the FBI can get in. And you know what? They're going to push this through. It's going to happen. It will happen. Well, this has been going on since the 90s. And uh, it it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But Lucy's in charge now, my friend. There's a new sheriff in town. So, um, and there's a enhan- There's more and more digital inspections now at uh, customs. It would be interesting to see you come back without your passport, uh, where they uh, copy your hard drive. And this is legal, of course. We've been through this. We've discussed this on the show. Uh, completely legal. Uh, but uh, it's, it's now almost standard operating procedure to just uh, copy your drive. Just in case, mm. you know, just to protect you from terrorists. Yeah, it's protecting me. So we'll have to see what happens when you come back. Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting because it's going to be with a, with a different document. I also have the, the there's also going to be a hassle because the, uh, I'm, I'm sure custom passport control on the Spanish side is going to have something to say. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what they're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't no know. service for you! <laughs> you know, let's make these guys suffer another day or two. Um, so, so, I, I, so that'll be a, I, a hassle. I a, and then I have to, yeah. Well, I was going to say I, I have two. Since I knew that you were weren't going to have clips, I have two longer clips that I thought were interesting to listen to, and uh, it might be just fun to change the format a little bit and just like three minutes each, two separate topics, and just listen to them. Um, both propaganda, but uh, different propaganda than we're used to. Well, you're going to set it up? Yeah. So the first one, you know, um, uh, as I was talking uh, last week on the show about uh, this uh, Budapest cybercrime convention and Hillary Clinton's internet freedom, I got a very thoughtful note from one of our two listeners in Gitmo Nation Stinky Cheese from Tristan. And he says, you know, it's so interesting. I was listening to you guys talk about that, and I have, you know, and I, it, I came to the realization that this is already so in place in France. Uh, you can't say anything about um, Muslims. Uh, your website gets taken down. Uh, people get arrested for this stuff. And I, I've just kind of become used to it. And he says, you kind of jarred me awake by reminding me, uh, and this is really a huge problem, but it's going really unreported in France because... Uh, you can't say anything. You can't say, hey, these Muslims are a problem and they're scaring me. This is against the, the Budapest Convention, where this thing, you know, this is the Council of Europe, so this was enacted in 2005, uh, is when it was ratified in, uh, in Gitmo Nation, United States of Europe. And he said, you know, it really, it happens before you know it, and he says, you know, you've got to warn people about this. And I get this uh, video, which is from, uh, I think it's, uh, this, the, the, you know, like a Christian broadcasting company. I think we've... Uh, showed a video of this guy before but this one goes a little bit further it's documentary style they interview a number of french intellectuals now i have no idea who they are i don't know the the validity of these guys or not Uh, but the story tells a story um of france which i don't you don't think of this when you think of france now i think you and i both know two things one there's all there's been a huge european multicultural push 
I know this from my own experience in the Netherlands, where it has failed. And uh, you go to uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands, and you know it's hushed undertones. Everyone's like, "Well, yeah, you know the Moroccans. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a problem." Uh, but you can't really talk about it because then you know you're Geert Wilders, and then you're a racist. Uh, but in France, it's been ongoing for many, many years, and we've seen some of the riots coming out of uh, the neighborhoods that are pre- predominantly uh, Muslim. But I wanted to play this. Uh, this little piece, and uh, is that okay with you? And we just listen to it and then uh, discuss it afterwards? Play and discuss. In a northern district of Paris, a brave shopkeeper named Marie Neige Sardin guards her little newsstand like a military fort. Remember, this is propaganda, okay? It's, it's religious propaganda, but I think there are some factoids in here that are interesting, and I won't interrupt. As a white woman, she is a minority in this mostly Arab-speaking Muslim area. She's been the victim of dozens of crimes. She's been raped, robbed, and had acid thrown at her. She says it's a campaign to get her to leave. But Neige, the daughter of a French soldier, calls her little shop a piece of French soil inside occupied territory. And she says she will not leave. I can't bear to tell my future grandchildren that I have done nothing to preserve our French values, so staying here is marking our territory. German Chancellor Angela Merkel now admits that multiculturalism has failed. British Prime Minister David Cameron has said it too. And they were talking specifically about immigrants from the Muslim world. The left's multicultural dream in Europe was to give Islam a special place in society with no requirement to assimilate. Multiculturalism has encouraged Muslim radicalism and Sharia law. It's leading to a new tribalism, with groups organizing along religious and ethnic lines. In cities across Europe, only the police stand in the way of open street warfare between groups. In Paris, in Sweden, in Denmark, and in Britain. France has some 751 no-go zones, The French government labels them sensitive urban zones, but what they are is dangerous to whites and non-Muslims who enter. French intellectual Guy Millier. It means that it's part of the country where uh, the police don't go, the firemen don't go, and even doctors and uh, ambulance don't go, uh, except if they have no other choice. And it's like that because these parts of the country are in the hands of drug traffickers, gangs, and imams. And that's led to the formation of groups who oppose Islam and want to protect the white native French. The leader of one of those groups, Philip Vardone of Bloc Identitaire, told me they're training their members in hand-to-hand combat. He sees a dark future. Now, our government, our politics are leading us to war. Vardone complains that the white majority is treated like a minority by the government, marginalized politically and victimized by immigrant crime. So there is in one end the political speech saying, okay, Everything is okay. Oh, it's so good to feel the difference, to live together. Uh, it's um, communion. It's perfect. And on the other end, you got the truth of what people are feeling. Uh, they are feeling like if they were uh, themselves foreigners in their own country. France has made some high-profile moves against Islamization, such as outlawing the veil. 
But in Marseille, we saw Muslim women wearing full burqas in front of French police officers, who did nothing. And we saw Muslims blocking the streets illegally for Friday prayers. Marseille is France's second city, and today is one-quarter Muslim. But there are parts of Marseille, like this area, that are almost completely Muslim. Some of the no-go zones function as microstates and are governed by or under the influence of Islamic Sharia law. French journalist and author Alexander Delval. And yes, we, we, we see our society is splitting and dividing between those who are Muslims, those who are blacks, and those who are white. I asked Delval where he thinks the situation is headed. It's very simple to know it. It's a civil war. It will not be a real civil war like in Spain during Franco, you know, in those years. No, it will be a kind of local civil wars. I think one day it will be so unbearable this situation that the state will be will be obliged to send the army there are today in Europe many victims of multiculturalism like Marie Neige Sardin people without political voices people afraid to leave their homes Marie told us she could not just surrender do we want our daughters to wear veils in the future do we want them to live under Sharia law do we want stoning to be practiced no it is not possible I want to be the symbol of no the symbol of stop Dale Hertz so um, we have no agenda uh, on this show and uh, this is obvious uh, propaganda but you can't ignore some of the facts that are being told here which I think is just interesting John. yeah well the, the one fact that woman should move Um, (laughs) she should consider moving (laughs) that's a good point because i I agree in fact i was going to make one of my predictions on this show that because of all these uh the event that's supposed to happen in uh spain at the the 30th of february yeah i think it's france that's going to have uh some you know once these riots go from place to place to place uh kind of like riot time i think the french are going to have some you know they've done it before they've already had a couple practice rounds uh, with these suburb riots out of sight of Paris and these Muslims that have done, you know, got carried away, uh, burning the place down. Uh, I think that's going to happen again. It only there's more now, and it's going to be. I think. I think the, the, the one commentator was correct. I think they're going to bring the army in, and it's going to. They're going to, uh, you know, start to uh, take care of some of these people in some way, shape, or form. And uh, that woman who will be in the middle of. She's going to get killed. Right. Well, the, the, these types of messages, propaganda or not, are coming out of more countries. This is what this is what Geert Wilders is saying about Gitmo Nation lowlands, and um, and a, a large percentage of the population voted for him. Whether whether you think he's good or not, people voted for him for his basic message, and he's now, of course, being sued for uh, hate speech against uh, the. Uh, the religion of Islam, I think. I'm not sure of the exact yeah, details. Yeah, some, something like that. This is definitely doing something wrong. Well, I think the uh, you know the this has gotten kind of out of control because of the the uh, I think I mean as the as Cameron and I guess Merkel both said this multiculti thing has been kind of backfiring, and I think it backfires in the United States it's on some level because you know the United States was never multicultural. It was supposed to be a big melting pot, even though it never fully was, but at least that was the goal. And there are lots of cultures that came over, the Polish, the Italians, the Irish, who everybody hated them. 
but they did what they could to absorb themselves into the society as a whole. They wouldn't let their kids speak Italian. They had to speak English all the time. Right. And, you know, now now you're bilingual in, in uh, California with everybody speaking Mexican. In fact, if you do, I have to go learn Spanish. I mean, if I want to get by in California, and you're like right in the middle of it. Oh, no, we, we, have, we, we have the same. We have the same. Luckily, so, Mickey speaks uh, Spanish. I don't speak a word. So uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm, but I'm good at deciphering. So I, I can hear can pretty bo- well. So you can you can boss the housekeeper around then, right? No, I don't boss the housekeeper. She's really sweet. She, she's sweet. Aha! You do have a Mexican housekeeper. Yes, I do. I didn't know that. Yes, I do. Mm. Well, of course. Yeah. What else? What are you gonna do? So, uh, but anyway, the, the, those this is gonna it'll shake out, and the, the real thing that's gonna happen. I'm, I'm convinced of it. And being here in Spain is very obvious because there's all this unemployment, and 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 they've and everybody, by the way, whenever I joke about it with any Brit or any Spanish guy, either one, I say the same thing, and it's so obvious to me, and they say, "Yep, you're right," which is that Spain, and I and I assume the same with Portugal, has soaked the EU. For all the money they could get to fix the place up, and I'm telling you, the place is fixed up. It's I mean, it's fantastic. You know, they got new roads, this, they got new that. I went out to uh, Toledo, which is a town, uh, historic uh, capital of Spain, some the 10th century, 11th century, I guess, and uh, and Garcia was uh, with uh, me. a couple of people from Twit and uh, showing us around, and we're we need to get back. And so he said, "You want to come go faster? There's a toll road that they built on it with EU money." I swear to God, this toll road's yeah, eighty beautiful. kilometers long. Yeah, it's beautiful. This, I know you've been on it. Yep. The toll road on the way back to Spain is four lane, beautiful high, absolutely top drawer. There was not, except at the very end, there was not one car on our side in front of us or behind us for 80 kilometers, which is about 60 miles. 60 miles, we were the only car on the road. On the other side, coming our way, three cars went by. Now, he's, uh, Garcia says, well, you know, this, nobody wants to take this road because you have to pay and nobody's got any money. So they won't pay the five bucks. And it turns out that the road was built knowing this was going to happen. But the government guaranteed a certain profit, no matter if anybody took the road or not. And, and locally, apparently some guy got a ticket by some police guy on this, on this giant road, on this toll road, for doing like 160 or something like that kilometers an hour and he went and fought it in court and he says what he says the reason for the speeding laws is to you know protect other people to get in the, you know there's a bunch of reasons it's for public safety he says there's nobody on this road who am i hurting by doing going 160 and the judge found uh, gave it to him <laughs> yeah you're right so there's no cops on this thing either anymore because it was the point i just want to uh make a point to the chat room uh, i don't have like a full-time housekeeper okay is a, a, a lady and her daughter come in on Fridays and they vacuum and clean stuff. It's not like uh, they were like, "Hey, we're do- our donations go to Adam's slaves." Yeah, please. And yes, you know we can. And yes, she is here illegally. Yes, she. I'm sure she's an illegal because I remember um, quite because Mickey was like, "No, I don't want to give these people." The fact of the matter is, it's all you can afford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good point. Uh, uh, Mickey said, yeah, "Could you please bring me your passport? I just want to make a copy, know who I'm dealing with." Even though it was recommended by our landlady, you know, the porn queen. 
I'm in. Yeah, I'm in great shape here, everybody. Yeah, I'm renting from a from a pornographer. I'm renting a house known as the Vivid Entertainment set, and I've got an illegal cleaning my house at once a week. Yeah, I'm living up the high life here. Anyway, so she came in. Yeah, the, the, I don't have a passport. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we pay. Oh. In, we pay in cash. Okay, I don't give her blankets or water. I just give her my cash. Jesus. You know, so I was talking to Mimi the other day, and she was telling me about how Missouri, Missouri apparently has all these illegal immigrant laws that are extremely onerous, like 10 times more than what Arizona was doing, and it's gotten zero publicity, and it was it's always, it was actually in play when Arizona was making a big fuss, and she was saying, I don't understand why, why everyone makes a big fuss about Arizona. Nobody said crap about Missouri. And I said, because there's no drugs running through Missouri. They have to keep the drug routes open, and they have to keep Arizona to calm down. I am, I am blown away by our, our producers today, John. This is like, what, it's like some are. crazy thing to have, uh, to have someone come in and clean your house once a week. Is, is that like an elitist thing now? Am I now an elite? No, it's actually pretty common, especially in California. I mean, really? Wow. Unbelievable. No, that's just yeah. a chat room. No, 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 no it, it, it is not just. Hey, last a chat time I went out of the chat room, I got kicked out. Not, yeah, really. Yeah, it's like you got kicked out by Eric. <laughs> that was even funnier. It's not him. Kick him out. <laughs> All right, I got another piece of propaganda I'd like to share with you. That was very well was done as propaganda. It's oh, yeah. very obvious. Yeah, very well done yeah. piece of propaganda. But, you know, there's probably a couple of tidbits. You're right. It's the way. I mean, you can get tidbits out of these things as long as you know what you're dealing with. So this other bit of tidbit comes from uh, a guy who made no uh, uh, secret of the fact that he's from the Salt Institute. And uh, he comes out, and this is at the uh, the press club. And he comes out and uh, he does this speech. He's a scientist. Oh, hold on a second. And he says, you know, these uh, national dietary guidelines that uh, have been put out there and, of course, being propagated by the First Lady, he says it's actually, it will have an exact opposite result. It will make people more obese. It'll cause more diabetes. And uh, this is a shorter clip, uh, minute 17. Now, remember, this is propaganda. The guy is from the Salt Institute, and he goes into a lot of, you know, he, uh, this has nothing to do with the fact that I'm from the Salt Institute. Uh, but uh, if you go to the Salt Institute's website, they do have all the links to the to the research and the documents. Um, and I thought it was very interesting because, of course, the whole idea is we need to lower our, we, our blood pressure, if you want to lower it, uh, less salt. And you'll be much healthier for it. That is the entire push from... Uh, the uh, current administration, uh, and he says, you know what, it's discriminatory because for some people, it actually has exactly the opposite effect, and I'll let him explain exactly how all this works. But what you haven't been told is that, um, although 30% of the population will drop their uh, blood pressure two to six millimeters, 20% of the population, by reducing salt by two-thirds, will increase their blood pressure by two to six millimeters because our response to salt and salt reduction is heterogeneous. Now, the two, uh, and the rest of the 50% uh, of the population won't show any effect uh, at all. 
So have, in fact, have the dietary guidelines become an instrument of uh, discriminatory policy, where one portion of the population will apparently benefit to some extent, even if it's very small, while another portion of the population is made to suffer. I mean, this this is a conundrum that has never been discussed in the dietary guidelines. And the evidence is there. By the way, I want to uh, say something. That this paper uh, is, is up on the SALT Institute website, and I think it will probably be in the Western Press. Right. Now, do you think that's true? That uh, for some people it actually... It's, he says it's, uh, that uh, sodium is heterogeneous. I didn't quite understand the terminology there. Well, I mean, there has been some studies recently that show that the sodium thing is overblown, as we talked about on this show uh, a couple times, and we discussed the studies and... There's a link somewhere. Um, yeah, I, you, I first of all, I want to say, you know, the, there's the oil industry, there's the Soul Institute, there's the soybean people. Everybody, you know, has their little group that does research is kind of biased. It's toward, you know, promoting what they sell. But it doesn't mean they're wrong. And then you everyone always say, well, the oil companies, you know, global warming, they're, they, there's all their studies are just trying to screw us because they want to sell more oil. They don't care about the public. Uh, is not necessarily the case. I mean, some of these guys actually have more money to do better studies. And, yeah, some of the drug companies may quash the studies when they come out weird, and there's that. But but the fact of the matter is you can't go 100% against somebody that's promoting their, their business because, I mean, what are they supposed to do, just shut up? <laughs> yeah, uh, slave. <laughs> so, I mean, so they have to say something, I mean, especially when they they honestly believe that, uh, and I think these people are sincere, and I would suspect this guy is. Uh, yeah, it makes sense to me. So I mean, that doesn't make Well, so, so, this, so this is a two-parter. So that was kind of the scientific part. But then he starts to throw some common sense out there. I'm like, wow, this is very interesting. Listen to this. Based my concerns on the peer-reviewed evidence of course, it's like climate gate here. Peer-reviewed. Yeah, okay, whatever. But listen to his theory. That the SALT Institute did not support or write, but is out there in the scientific literature, and that has been ignored by the dietary guidelines. For instance, a recent report came out of Harvard Medical School. Let me see if I can get that one out. Yeah. Of Harvard Medical School linking reduced SALT intakes to an increase in insulin resistance the condition that's a precursor to type 2 diabetes. The title of the paper doesn't really mince words, low-salt diets increase insulin resistance in healthy subjects. Healthy people were placed on a low-salt diet and developed insulin resistance within seven days of going on that low-salt diet. The other half of the group, which was placed on a regular salt diet, also healthy, did not develop any negative consequences. Seven days is just about an immediate response. So there's another piece of this, which I don't have, where he says that this is a big problem. When old people go into an old, old folks' home, they immediately reduce their salt intake, and this is why, uh, because that, that does all kinds of stuff to your bones, and this is why you have so many hip and ankle and, and other fractures at uh, retirement homes is because there's, they immediately go to a, a low-sodium diet. Now, mm. now, now listen to his logic, which I thought was very interesting. To going on a low-salt diet. Now, wouldn't you think that such dramatic clinical evidence coming from such an authoritative source would be seriously considered in making recommendations to the American public? And it wasn't. According to the latest evidence, the recommended reduction in salt intake 
may very well promote an epidemic of, of diabetes to accompany the epidemic that we now have of, of obesity. And speaking of the obesity ep epidemic, uh, the reduced salt guidelines will worsen, not improve the ongoing obesity crisis. Now this may sound counterintuitive to a number of people, but please let me explain. People will consume more calories just to satisfy their innate salt appetite. We have decades of animal feeding experience as a foundation for this statement. And a great deal of salt, as a matter of fact, as much salt goes into the animal feeding world as goes into consumer salt. Um, uh, showing, uh, well, what we do there is, in fact, um, we add salt to certain feeds to make sure that animals don't consume too much of them. And if we want them to eat more feed, what we do is remove the salt. Um, so, aside from salt, we have many, many other examples that we could look at. When uh, light beer was produced, people drank more, of course. When we cut the sugar out of soft drinks, people swilled a great deal more of the low-cal beverages. When we cut the fat out of foods, people gorged themselves on low-fat, no-fat foods to the extent of ushering in the current obesity epidemic. Wow, so that, like, that makes sense to me. If you want to really kill people... <laughs> Take the salt out, and they'll just eat themselves f like as much as they can to get because they have a craving for it. Well, that, that's kind of interesting because one, uh, I always thought that the, the the fast food hamburgers had too much salt, but that, I could be wrong. But here, I, last night I was floating around uh, the, the downtown squares of Old Madrid, and I went and had dinner at a uh, tapas place. And the first thing they always ask you if you want some of their uh, Iberian ham, which is just dynamite. So you get a big plate of this ham, and there's a, one appetizer. I, I, I kind of ate a bunch of the ham, which is extremely salty. And then I had, like, part of the appetizer. And before I could even want to order anything else, I was full. Right. I mean, I just felt like I didn't want to eat anymore. I was thinking, geez, I thought I was really hungry when I came in here, but I'm not hungry now. And I think it was the ham was so salty that it was like, you know, just, I think there is something to that idea. If you Because I've noticed this before, you eat something that's salty, and it's just like you kind of like don't really want to eat anything. Well, I find it highly interesting that, you know, no wonder uh, Walmart is on board. They're like, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's make it taste like crap. Everyone will think, oh, this is really good for me. But because it tastes like crap, because there's less salt, People will be craving for more salt, and they'll eat more Walgreens products or Walmart. It, to me, I'm like, well, wow, well, what a perfect scam. What a perfect setup. Well, it could be also the body will crave X amount of salt, so it'll keep eating until it gets that much salt. And if there's half as much, you'll eat right, twice as right. much. Right, that's, but yeah. that's, exact, that's exactly what the guy's saying. And I guess, yeah. I guess he's that saying, you know, when we went to light beer, people drank more beer because it was so light. Well, I've seen that happen. You know, we, we didn't. Yeah. Low sugar, uh, low low carb drinks. Everyone started drinking more of it. it. I don't think I don't think these companies these companies love that. So you know, well, again, it's, it, do they know this? I mean, it's possible they actually know this and are pushing this agenda. I think it's highly possible, and I was just like, wow, that's an eye opener. Um, but we'll we'll need some. Uh, we'll, we'll I get like some, it. Yeah, I like it too. We'll get some insiders. It makes sense at some level, at some screwball level, it's, and you know. I don't think it explains everything, but it, it's actually quite interesting. So I, um, I've had an ongoing encrypted email exchange with an insider at uh, one of the climate 
uh, calculation centers, data centers, uh, who, who, who runs the, he's a programmer, engineer, and he runs the models. And some of these uh, climate change models take, and he's actually working on some of the models for IPCC5 for the new proof that we're all going to die because we're not napping for humanity. And uh, hold on, this is actually under the. Uh, we've got to open up the uh, the section properly. So this is you can imagine this has been a f- phenomenally interesting email exchange. Of course, I can't mention him, and uh, and he's sending me encrypted emails. I'm encrypting back. Because the guy could lose his job very, very quickly. Um, let me lead in uh, to this with a uh, a clip from uh, Mr. Dr. John Holdren, who is uh, our El Presidente's um, advisor, senior advisor on all things science. Science! 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 And, uh, and, of course, uh, how upset he is with uh, how poorly we're doing on... Uh, uh, combating climate change. With respect to the issue of climate change, we didn't get as much done in the first two years as the president had hoped, uh, as I had hoped, as his other advisors in the energy and environment domain uh, would have wished. And uh, what we didn't get above all is we didn't get the uh, comprehensive energy and climate change legislation that the president had hoped for, uh, which uh, we wanted to include uh, a price on greenhouse gas emissions. We wanted to see a cap-and-trade program. We didn't get it. And uh, I think that's a setback. The president uh, thinks it's a setback. He continues to talk about his goals for reducing uh, United States greenhouse gas emissions uh, by 17% below the 2005 levels in 2020 and by 83% in 2050. But we're having to figure (laughs) out how to... Did you hear that? 83% by 2050? I didn't. I thought that was only crazy Europe that had that. It's ridiculous. It's impossible. Yeah. First part of that trajectory without having a price on greenhouse gas emissions. It seemed very unlikely that we would get uh, legislation of that sort out of the current Congress. And uh, so in the meantime, what we're doing is we're investing in clean energy technology. Uh, we're uh, using the authorities that we already have under statute, including the authority that the Environmental Protection Administration has to, uh, to regulate greenhouse gases. Are you concerned or even irritated by the upcoming congressional hearings, uh, which irritated. will question the very science of climate change? I... Well, the Congress uh, has made very clear, or members of Congress have made clear, that they intend to hold cl- hearings on climate change science. Uh, I look forward to those hearings as an op- By the way, you hear that? They're going to have hearings on climate change science. This is a little interesting tidbit there. Opportunity to put the facts, uh, the science out there. Uh, I think uh, any objective look at what science uh, has to say about climate change science uh, ought to be sufficient to persuade reasonable people that the climate is reasonable people changing in unusual ways that humans are responsible for a f- substantial part of that change and that uh, those changes are, are already doing harm and will do more unless and until we we start to reduce our emissions so i bring this up john because i, I looked into uh, holdren's uh, background and as i'm going back and forth with uh, with our no agenda leaker, which uh, I think he just our our leakers where it depends, but it's a different kind of leaking. And uh, and it turns out this guy doesn't believe in peak oil. This Holdren guy, in fact, he's come out as a staunch opponent of peak oil. Oh, that's like, interesting. Well, it is interesting for a number of reasons. So I go back and forth with our with our friend, 
And two things come up. Number one, they program all these climate models in Fortran, which is kind of funny. It's like a step step below COBOL. And uh, guess what's going to happen next year when their new computers are supposed to come in? Guess what's going to be in there? What? IBM Watson, of course. You see, this is this is how the this is how the propaganda works. First, you show that this thing can't be wrong. This thing is awesome. It wins Jeopardy. It's fantastic. You've got to love IBM Watson. It has a personality. It talks to you. It's fantastic. And now it is going. It's going to actually come out and say, "I have predicted that climate change is real. You must be careful, humans. We must reduce all greenhouse gas emissions by eighty three percent by two thousand fifty. Final Jeopardy answer is. I guarantee you this is going to happen. Watson will be on television talking to us about climate change because no one believes the politicians but Watson. I mean, how can you how can you argue with a Jeopardy winner? Let's be honest. So IBM is up for the contracts for the uh, new climate change computers. That's number one. And I have a tip. I have a tip for everybody. If you are in a conversation, we should put this in one of our emails, John, if, if you agree with it. If you, uh, and, I, and I verified this with our insider, peak oil, of course, is perpendicular to greenhouse gas emission reductions because, and I think that most people who believe in man-made climate change, I, the climate is changing, no doubt about it, but we've got the sun exploding, all kinds of stuff happening right now. But if you are in a conversation with someone, uh, there's a 95% chance they also believe in peak oil. So this is how you trap them. You say, oh, you believe that uh, we're responsible for, uh, for all this uh, climate change? Yes. You believe in peak oil? Yes. Well, then we don't have to worry, do we? Because we'll just run out of oil, and then we'll have no problem. That's a good one. Seriously. It's like, you don't no, have, I like it. This is why, and point. this is why Holdren is against it, because he knows, that it, and they're always really quiet about it. You never hear people yelling, hooting, and hollering about peak oil. Right, it, because it's a logical inconsistency exactly, that he spotted. Exactly, exactly. So he has to say, oh, God, what are we going to do about this one? Yeah, but isn't it beautiful? You just say, hey, you believe, and I, I guarantee you people who believe in uh, man-made No, uh, no, you're right. There's no, because it's the same mentality. Yep. The, the mentality is that everything we do is screwed up because we're humans and we're, you know, wrecking the place because we're just bad people. We're, we're burned, burned that we're burning way. burning up fossil fuels. So you just say, you know what? We don't. And then problem solved. Peak oil. We'll, we'll run out of oil. Hey, we may have to walk. We may not, we, you know, unless we figure out battery technology. But we won't have to worry about greenhouse gas emissions because we won't have anything to burn. Now, will we? And, and watch people go, because uh, it, it freezes your brain. <laughs> like, huh? And this Holdren, he's against it. Of course he is. He's yeah, well, he's a little late. To, uh, bringing up that—that's uh, not—that's funny because that's not going to work. Because there's no way that you can tr- tr- all of a sudden change gears amongst the, you know the crowd, the climate change crowd, the warmists. Yeah, you can't all of a sudden pull the plug on their their very strong belief about peak oil. Exactly. Yeah, but, that's a good. One. But as it comes that's to a, that's a ten. That's the winner for the show. As it comes to man-made global warming, which means because of our cars and all the oil we're burning, evil oil, evil oil, because of that, uh, we're all going to die. So we have to reduce that. Well, with peak oil, it's, uh, great. Problem solved. It's all not a, I mean, yeah, it may suck because we won't have anything to drive, but, but we're not going to die from greenhouse gas global warming. We're not going to get flooded. It's all going to end. We're over the peak. That was in the 70s. 
But uh, yeah. my final clip uh, That's is a good one. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah, we have to. I mentioned this to you, and I said, well, we should do another uh, talking, another, talking uh, points memo. Talking point. I said, let's do one on the climate change. Although we didn't have that point to make, it's probably better I didn't do it. Uh, but oh, nice it's kind of old news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is good. This is good. So uh, let me just uh, throw one out there. I haven't done anything really, uh, really nutty uh, today. So uh, persistent contrails. So many of the persistent jet contrails alarmists, such as myself, have been tracking this outfit called Evergreen Aviation. We've talked about it on the show before, uh, as uh, it is a strong belief that these guys have all the contracts for um, these. Uh, Con- persistent jet contrails, uh, which seem to hang around a lot n- longer than normal vapor trail. And uh, leave it to the idiots, they need to hire Hill and Knowlton. Now, what they do is they get Final Cut Pro, they put together their own little industrial promo uh, talking about how great they are. And listen to what they say in their own promotional material. You will love this. This is their new 747. Innovation has been Evergreen's hallmark. Evergreen's goal is to conduct air tanker operations at night while fires are most vulnerable. By utilizing the 747's advanced avionics, new night imaging technology, and the super tanker's state-of-the-art delivery system allowing for higher drop altitudes. So they've got uh, high drop altitudes at night. Uh, 747, this is their new, they're, they're, real, they're hyping this up. This is uh, to show their military buddies. This landmark achievement is on the horizon. Yet the Evergreen Super Tanker can do even more. Oh, what could it do? It's capable of responding on a moment's notice to various homeland security and environmental concerns. Hmm, John, I'm so glad they're around. Homeland security and environmental concerns. Let's see. Able to carry chemical neutralizers, the Evergreen Super Tanker is large enough to neutralize a chemical or biological attack on a major population center. So if they can do that, they can certainly do other things with it, I think. Or a military battlefield. Weather modification. Weather modification! There we go, everybody. Hot pockets! And ocean fertilization are also viable missions within the capability of the Super Tanker. All right. There you go. Weather modification, if they're not doing it already, they're certainly selling that capability. Well, there you have it. That's the flooding in Pakistan. Chemtrails. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's kind of it for me. That's pretty good. You got anything else, boy? Uh, let's see. Look at my little book here. I did have my little book with me. Let's see. We got... Uh, I was already got that. Uh, Berlin Film Festival wasn't covered very well. <laughs> the winner was, of the Golden Bear went to the Iranians. Oh, really? That was uh, Angelina Jolie there in the audience. No wonder it didn't get covered. <laughs> I've never even heard of this film festival. <laughs> and then there's a really good show. I think we should consider. You know, the, the state should have on Euro News. You've probably seen this. I always I've seen it before, and I've always forgotten about it. Uh, on Euro News, they have a show called No Comment TV. Have you ever watched that? Yeah, where they they just have uh, raw video and they and they raw don't, video. Yeah, and they don't say anything. Yeah, I love that. It's a great show. It's boring. In the last, <laughs> it's boring. It's totally it's, boring. <laughs> but we'd watch it. Thing. We'd watch it all the time. Like, oh man, did you see that? That's awesome. 
And then finally, you know, the funny thing about the, the, the coverage over here is they really, they actually not only go to the G20, I thought it was like locked so you couldn't see it or something. I thought it was like a Bilderberger meeting, but they got, they got speeches and they, they have the people talking and you'd see all these different representatives from the different countries. And apparently everybody in the G20 is bent out of shape about China. Completely. But the Chinese basically told everyone to screw themselves. And they all said, well, you know, okay, we won't do much, but, you know, we still are concerned. And, and, those, is, and those Chinese, they're getting uppity, too. They, uh, I guess they're trying to put the Jasmine Revolution into play, and now there's all this big propagandistic noise here about, oh, you know, the, the Chinese search engines are blocking the word Jasmine so that they can't organize and cause a revolt. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. But they're not going to. They, they get it pretty locked down, and that's about it. Well, I do have one programming note before we go. Next Saturday, I'm sorry. Yeah, next Saturday, uh, we'll be, we're going to have a telethon uh, on the show, uh, on the stream, noagendastream.com, uh, and that will be um, Rhino the Bearded and Yellow Jacket are doing a telethon uh, to raise the final funds needed for uh, his Rhino the the Bearded's Kickstarter program. Uh, this is so that we can continue with the excellent No Agenda shots. Uh, he needs his school books paid for, and there'll be a rerun of that after the show on uh, on Sunday. So I want to make sure everyone tunes in for that. Uh, we'll probably even fire off the bat signal so that you uh, <clears throat> are alerted to uh, the telethon starting. So that should be fun. And hopefully you'll be back stateside, John. You can uh, join. They'd love to ha- have you do a call-in, and uh, I promised I would ask you. Oh, yeah. No problem. You heard it here first. So, um, when is it? Yeah. Looking at a little house out here in the suburbs and <laughs> settling in. <laughs> well, it'd be good to have you back stateside to uh, have a little, a little better connection. And, uh, and I miss your clips. Even, even the, the, you know, I, I need like a, a shot of Hawaii Five O or something, man. I'll load up. Good. All right. Well, uh, sorry about all your problems. If there's anything I can do from uh, from here or if any of our uh, No Agenda producers, uh, Boots on the Ground can help you. Just uh, send out a bat signal and let us know, okay? We'll be listening. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Gitmo Nation Pickpocket, see the new name. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A